five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday, a day that we visit the Kushner Schools in Livingston, New Jersey. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
עם הילה מחזיקים בו, בשמחי יום מיושר. עץ חיים הילה מחזיקים בו, בשמחי יום מיושר.
היא בתוך הנשמה, מהירה וחמה. יש אנשים המחפשים את האורות במקומות הרחוקים, את הניצוץ התמידי שבכל יהודי. זה הסוף, מלבדו אין עוד, אז ניתן יד תדליק את האש, תגיד לי אם יש, נאיר את הלילה, הלילה כולו. תדליק את האש, תגיד לי אם יש, נשאיר עד הבוקר, הבוקר
מלחמות קשות, רדיפות כואבות, בכל זמן, בכל מקום. עברנו את פרעה, נעבור גם את זה. עלילות שקרים, צוררים קשים, שרוצים רק להרוס. עברנו את פרעה, נעבור גם את זה. אז נצא כולנו יחד לרחובות העיר, ניקח אוויר Hello, Papa. Goodbye, Simo. <laughs> 
Timor, my son. It's the end. Don't say that, Papa. It's not the end. Even at the end, my own son is telling me what to say. <laughs> Seymour, my boy, believe me, it's the end. All right, Papa, I believe you. It's the end. Seymour, I liked it better when you were arguing with me. Papa, is there anything I can get for you? Yes. One thing before I go. I would like one piece of Mama's delicious apple strudel. It's my last wish. I'll get it for you, Papa. What else could a man want but the taste of Mama's apple strudel on his lips when he goes? I'm a lucky man. I'm back, Papa. Oh, good. The apple strudel. No, Papa. I didn't get it. Mama says you can't have any. What do you mean? Can't have any. She said the strudel is for after the funeral. J.M. in the A.M. with one of our classic comedy segments during this month of Adar. Hello, hello, everybody. How are you doing? Welcome to a Tuesday on this March the 19th, the 12th day of Adar 2. Happy birthday to those celebrating a birthday on the 12th of Adar 2, the year 5779. Tough Shinai and Tess. Today is the day that we are at the Kushner Schools in Livingston, New Jersey, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy. Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School. We are visiting Kushner, already having a great time in Livingston, and uh, we will uh, introduce some of our special guests and speak about what's going on in Livingston at the Kushner Schools during this very special Tuesday pre-Purim edition of JM in the AM. In advance of Tanis Esther tomorrow, in advance of Purim and Shushan Purim on Thursday and Friday, uh, there's nothing like being in an amazing Jewish school the week of Purim, and we'll feel that incredible vibe all the uh, wonderful festive atmosphere coming up uh, as we broadcast today from the Kushner Schools in Livingston, New Jersey, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy and Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School. Uh, Simcha Leiner had Na'avar. You heard of Nahapohu. That was Yehuda Green. Yaakov Shweki's A. Chateau from Yonatan Razel. Mordechai and David with Alha with Eitzchayim, rather. Shalshelis Jr. with Al Sim and Regesh with Modani opening things up. And we say... Good morning. I want to thank everybody who's already welcomed us so nicely to Livingston, New Jersey, the uh, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, and the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School. We are going to uh, introduce some of the amazing people of uh, these schools to you during this very special morning here at JM in the AM. So everybody just uh, sit tight, enjoy our fantastic programming, and if you are anywhere in the vicinity of the Kushner Schools in Livingston, come on down and say hi to all of us. Uh, we are uh, set for an amazing visit and a fantastic show. In fact, a show that will likely take us all the way until 10 a.m. Eastern time on this Tuesday morning. More coming up. How about a nice Purim medley during this month of Adar? Micha Gammerman at JM in the AM. <laughs>
איזה חמודים אתם. אז ילדים, בואו נעשה שמח! מי ש, מי ש, מי שנכנס הדר, מרבים, מרבים, מרבים בשמחה. מי ש, מי ש, מי שנכנס הדר, מרבים, מרבים, מרבים בשמחה. מי שנכנס הדר, מרבים בשמחה. מי שנכנס הדר, מרבים בשמחה.
Kushner Schools in Livingston, New Jersey. And it's funny that that uh, selection we just played ended with the words, a good Purim, because uh, the way things were going this morning, we weren't sure exactly how things would turn out. Uh, But uh, a big thank you to everybody here who's been extremely helpful, to say the least, in getting us uh, on board and online and uh, directed to our digital network, and it's taken people all around the world, believe it or not, including Avrami in Israel, uh, to do just that. We are just, uh, well, actually, we're not really behind schedule. We are uh, right on schedule at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web, and NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. And this has been uh, something we've been looking forward to for a long time. We've spoken about this with a lot of people for a very long time. That's visiting the Kushner Schools in Livingston, New Jersey, the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, and the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School. Um, we are going to be treated, just a few minutes from now, we're going to be treated to the sound of many school children uh, walking into this school and uh, really bringing this place to life as they do every single 
morning here at the Kushner Schools in Livingston, New Jersey, uh, where there's an extremely rich history and, a, um, and, and where they continue to be uh, one of the most incredible educational institutions in our community. And um, today we're going to be meeting with um, a whole bunch of people, students, faculty members, administrators, and we have an opportunity to start things off this morning with the president of the Kushner Schools, Jeremy Halpern, who is here bright and early to greet us on this Tuesday morning. I say good morning and welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's really an honor for us to have you here today, and we're very proud to be able to talk about and show off uh, the incredible works that's being done at Kushner Academy here, uh, both the lower, uh, middle, and upper schools. And I just want to correct you on one thing. I'm the co-president, ah. wonderful co-president, Dov Lendo, who's been amazing. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, he can't be here with us this morning, but uh, so I, I have to give him his due. So he's left the tough task to you, Mr. Halpern. I think it's a pleasure. I think it's an honor. I immensely appreciate it. I wish she was here, but I'm glad to be here with you. How long have you been in this uh, position as co-president? Uh, I started this past summer, about uh, July, and uh, it's really been, I'd say, probably one of the most rewarding experiences of my life, uh, getting to come here and see the kids on a weekly, if not multiple times a week, a basis uh, is really something that's just so special and such an immediate gratification. Something we do immediately affects the children. Uh, you get to see it in their eyes every day. You get to see the excitement. They come into school, there's Hebrew music playing outside. It's, it's something special. It's, it's just a really great you know, activity for the day and a way to start the day. Well, I alluded a moments ago to exactly what you're referring to. We are sitting in the main vestibule, the lobby, the, the welcoming area of, the, of, of really all the schools. Um, but certainly the younger children are the ones who are going to be coming in here primarily. And this place comes to life a few minutes from now. This place is going to be just bustling uh, with uh, anxious students during Purim week, which I have a feeling is even more festive here, uh, during Purim week who just want to you know, get into class and have some fun and do their work and, and you know, looking forward to what their teachers have to offer that day. It's a very fun environment. I'll tell you that I find an amazing thing, which is that the, uh, first of all, you're 100% right in uh I don't know, 40 minutes from now or 35 minutes from now, it's going to start, people, kids are going to be pouring in here. And there's just a reverse correlation between grade level and number and that enthusiasm. You see it in the pre-Kers and the threes, the fours, uh, you know, first grade, second, they come in, they are really excited. Rare All the way up to that, you know, eighth grade. And then somehow they go to ninth grade, somebody switches <laughs> on, they realize, wait a minute, this is a lot of work. You know, uh, you graduate with the Kushner Academy diploma, that's, that's something special, but it, you got to work for it. And uh, uh, so I'd say that, that that's the only difference. And maybe it's good we have the two different entrances. This goes up to eighth grade, and uh, the high school comes to the other side, and they're not necessarily as excited to come. More, more subdued, huh? A little bit. You know. Presidents often start their administration with a certain agenda or certain goals. Now, I said earlier, and I think everyone knows this, when it comes to uh, you know, what we in the, in the Orthodox community refer to as the Yeshiva League, this is one of the stellar institutions. I mean, we're talking about one of the historic schools and one that is uh, certainly admired now um, in 2019 as one of the top schools in our community. So now, having, having a school that has achieved that level, you come in with your own agenda, your own program, it may be difficult to implement something new or take the school in a different direction. Did you have a certain goal when you started? Uh, I certainly did, uh, but the way I look at it is, uh, first of all, I appreciate what you say about the quality of education here and the quality of the school and program we put on. 
uh, you know, I have a business background and I look at this as we have the best product. You know, you're coming out with the best product in the market. How do you make sure it continues to be the best product? And how do you make sure people understand the value that they're getting um, and, uh, and, and improve everybody's life around the school that's involved in the school, the children, the parents, teachers, administration. So uh, I first have to say that I was very lucky. To come in at this point, in this, this past year, was the greatest gift that I could have gotten. For any point that I would do this in my life was to do it now. We are coming off of uh, an incredible time where the school has really built itself up. Um, we have the highest level uh, caliber of sciences and math and language arts and art programs and, and just really everything you can imagine you would want in a great uh, private school, L leaving even out the Jewish mm -hmm. education for a second. Then you add on a top-notch Jewish education and it's, it's really something very unique. Uh, we're a very welcoming school. Uh, we came into, I came into to, to working on this board and I realized, wow, this, the board that runs the school, uh, works with the administration on a daily basis, is incredible. And we have some of the most amazing people working on the executive committee and the board. And they, they put their, their heart and soul into it. They're highly intelligent and highly professional. And it makes my job very easy. I basically come in and say, look, let's do the best we can. Let's all put it out there and see what we can get. And my job is to take the, when there's a mistake, that's on me. Otherwise, let's go forward and let's achieve great things. Uh, one of my goals for the, yes, about my agenda was yeah. to help Rabbi Rubin. We have this leader in Rabbi Rubin that, honestly, in my opinion, there's no one else like him. We are great admirers. Oh, he's amazing. He, I don't know if he ever sleeps because uh, he starts off his day at 6 o'clock something and ends it usually at 1, 2 a.m. I get emails from him sometimes 2.30 in the morning. So, uh, uh, you know, that my, my, my goal is to work with him, to help him to build up his world so that maybe he could get a little bit extra sleep. Maybe he could he, he can be a little bit more relaxed because he does so much. Uh, he's trying to expand the school in every direction possible, and he's doing it. It's amazing to see. Secondly, we had a big shift this year. Uh, you know, we sold the land behind the school. Right. And uh, uh, that was actually done years ago, but finally closed this year. And we had to go and build uh, uh, new facilities on the side, which gave us a great opportunity to start over and to build some really great high-level uh, facilities and, and really finish off the school in a beautiful way. So uh, uh, we're doing that now, and, and that was also part of, of why I wanted to come in now. And when they, when they asked me, uh, I am a builder, and I thought this would be a good time to help the school. And again, it's just you look at the people from the administration and the board and parents in general, they're excited about it. They're coming into it and saying, how can we help? Uh, and, uh, you know, so I, I want to take the school now and, and help it just to continue because it's, it's not good enough to just say let's inspire excellence or let's achieve excellence. In my opinion, you want to know how I sum it up? Simple. I want to change this tagline one day from inspire ex excellence, inspiring excellence to redefining excellence. And I want to have kids who want to come here. They live in Florida. I want them to say, Mommy, Daddy, is there a way to dorm at the school? Sorry about that. No, no problem. That, that's, that's, that's what I want to have. I want to have it that this is not just up there with the best schools. It's the preeminent school. Jeremy Halpern's here, co-president of the Kushner Schools. You, you alluded to your building background, and, and when you walked in this morning, uh, you may have thought it was just a casual statement, but to me it was something so poignant. You mentioned the history that your family has when it comes to community and Jewish education. And you said, or at least it sounded to me like you realize it's a very tough act to follow. You have generations, and I say that with an S at the end, uh, generations that have been dedicated to the Jewish community, especially in this area, and of course to Jewish education. Is that an additional burden on you, or just it helps, all the, uh, it helps everything going forward? 
I appreciate you saying that, and, and I, there, just as in there are today many people helping me, I'm sure there are many people involved in all those uh, different times with the different That's issues yeah. and, uh, and, and, and communities, but I, I am extremely proud of what my, my grandfather and his brother Ari uh, started in Elizabeth uh, with the JC and, and in many other communities around the world, actually, uh, and uh, very proud to be able to continue it. Uh, it was something I was just born into, constantly doing, uh, watching them do it, watching my father, who then took over and has now been really uh, incredibly active in so many organizations, uh, still active in JC and in the Goa and in Kushner and supportive. And so, look, at a certain point, it's, uh, I was asked to do this, and, and it's, it's really my, my honor, my pleasure, and, and just one of the greatest uh, uh, activities and, and achievements that I can have, I think. Uh, now, again, I should be judged at the end, is the way I look at it. <laughs> Uh, uh, people say, yeah, she called to me. I say, for what? I didn't do it yet. It's only been eight months. But uh, right now, uh, I, I really look forward to uh, seeing what we can do with this, this opportunity. And, and yes, I, having the background, in no way do I see it's a challenge. It's, 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 it's very helpful and, and incredibly inspiring for me to try to do at least a little bit of what my grandfather and his, his brother did. Yeah, well, it's an amazing legacy. Uh, before I let you go, Jeremy Halpern, Help me remind the community that uh, there's a big dinner coming up toward the end of the school year. Uh, it's uh, just been announced that June the 5th, it's going to be a uh, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School 71st annual dinner, which is amazing. We talked about the history of your family and the involvement of generations. People also have to understand we're sitting in a building that reflects decades and decades of Jewish educational history. And there are a couple of institutions, some that you mentioned, that could match Kushner in terms of the longevity and its influence on the community, but very few. We're talking about a crown jewel when it comes to New Jersey Jewish education, so people should keep that in mind. Uh, I agree. Uh, I'm very proud, actually. We're looking right here at a wall that shows a little glimpse of every decade. Yeah. Uh, this school started in 1942 in Newark, yeah. and it always took uh, the families at the time that could get together and help the community uh, to, to pull together and, and take it to that next level. And, you know, when it went from five small little schools into one school in, in Newark, I think at the time it was called uh, the Hebrew Academy, right. and, and then moved it up uh, to the next building and the next until we finally, uh, the Christian family was uh, so incredibly generous to, 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 to help uh, put this building together. There's a model in the, what we can now call the Founders Atrium right behind us that sh was the original model. They used to sit in the Christian company's office and uh, they did all the fundraising off of that. And it's amazing. I look at it all the time. <laughs> I say, oh my God, how did this whole building occur? Like we need you to model. sponsor that and yeah, they would point to the and, and they did it so uh truthfully you know they say you're, you're standing on the shoulder of giants that's the way i feel and i know the way that my entire executive team feels my co-president we're, we're sitting here standing today on the shoulder of on the shoulders of giants who have done so much you know you have the goddessman family of uh, there's so many many families oh, yeah. like, i don't want to start Boy. naming because i'm gonna miss a bit many of them it's a long and list it's, it's amazing and 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 it's really uh this we're very excited about this dinner coming up on june 5th uh, i'm especially proud uh because my um my uncle and truly like more like a best friend, Murray Halpern uh, and his wife Batsheva, my wonderful aunt. They are the main honorees, along with Taifel family, and uh, our, our tremendous administrator, Debbie Fickelstein, who this year chose to uh, uh, um, make a transition in, in her work, and, and we're so indebted in, in, in grat with gratitude towards her. And of course, our, our I call them our young honorees, because they, they're you know part of the young group here, uh, which is the Diamonds from um, West Orange, an incredible family. 
And uh, it's really great. We have sort of representation from all different areas here, from uh, geographically. And it's going to be a, a great dinner. I hope everybody will come out to join us and uh, help to sponsor us because it's going to be a fantastic evening. That's happening June 5th at Factory 220 in Passaic. And we're going to use this opportunity, Jeremy and I, to give a special shout-out to Batsheva and Murray Halpern. And Murray, of course, chairs the Atid Society. We've been in this building for those events. I've never been in this building, though, when school's been in session. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, this morning, because obviously the work that they do, it, it, this is what it's for. It's for to, you know to fund the regular school days and all the the uh, the uh, learning that goes on here on a daily basis. Actually, I'm so happy you brought up the, the work that goes on for the AT Society and for uh, for the dinner. Because truthfully, and I was talking before from a business point of view about a product. Right. So everybody who comes here and pays tuition at school, they're getting a much higher value than what is simply uh, the, the amount they pay, right? It's a, everybody pays a lot of money to come to school, no question. But the value they get is tremendous. And then thank God we have the ability to go to a, a good amount of families. Again, it's, it's always about lots of people working together to say, you know, there are some that need a little bit more help than others, and please, can you help us to fill in that gap? And we, we wind up delivering a, a total product for an average cost that is much less than a lot of the other schools around. And I'm always looking and so thankful to the community for what they do. Everybody steps up all the time in different ways. And we're able to allow any kid who lives in our community who wants a Jewish education, no matter what the situation is, we'll find a way to make it work. And uh, uh, as long as the parents will work with us, we'll work with them. And we're, we're so proud of that. And to me, when you see the kids start to stream in here in a few minutes, it's, it's great. We have such a diversified uh, um, uh, mix of kids here and they really get molded in this school into you know Kushner graduates are not just great students they are the future leaders of our country and our, our Jewish world and I'm very proud to be just a small small part of that well it's uh, phenomenal everybody out there uh, you have an opportunity to be at the dinner on June the 5th we'll remind you as we get closer and Jeremy Halper and I thank you for welcoming us here today and for being here with us this early it's much appreciated. Thank you so much for being here. We really uh, we appreciate it very much. He's co-president of uh, the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School, Jeremy Halpern. And I remind everybody that we are on the road, and Aaron's in West Orange is sponsoring this morning's breakfast. And we thank, the, uh, um, we thank them very much. And thanks to the Kushner families who are enjoying the Aaron's West Orange Kushner Loyalty Program. For every purchase you make between Purim and Pesach, the Kushner schools will get 4% back on all purchases when using your Kushner loyalty card. So keep that in mind, everybody, as you, um, as you shop during the, Pesa, during the Purim and Pesach season. Uh, Aaron's West Orange is, uh, is giving 4% back on all purchases to the Kushner schools when you use your Kushner loyalty card. We have more coming up here at uh, JM and the AM. As we continue from the Kushner schools, we'll be meeting some of the students, some of the leaders, uh, we are going to uh, uh, we're going to go to some musical selection. Continue with more coming up here from the Kushner Schools at JM and the AM. So the 
בירותם יחד יחד חילת מרדכי. תשועתם היית לנצח ותקוותם בכל דור ודור. לעוד עניין שכל קובר וחם שלא לא 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 יבוא שוב ולא לא 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 יקר על מוף אוי 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 לנצח אוי ולא יקרמו יקרמו לנצח כל החוסים החוסים בך לא יקרמו יקרמו לנצח כל החוסים החוסים בך
J.M. in the A.M. as we broadcast from the Kushner Schools here in Livingston, New Jersey. Good morning, everybody. And, uh, we do see the first sign of some students coming into the school building, which is always exciting when we visit uh, one of our amazing schools in our community. And, of course, uh, Kushner is one of those. And uh, we are here this morning to celebrate Purim, to talk about some of the amazing things going on here at school. We will get to a discussion about APAC. Um, Kushner is extremely proud of the delegation that they send to APAC, which begins this coming Sunday. We'll talk about that, of course, and we'll have an opportunity to speak to Rabbi Rubin, the head of school, uh, coming up later this hour here at JM in the AM. All right, so here we go as we continue um, on this uh, Tuesday morning. I remind you that NSN On the Road is brought to you by Aaron's Casino Farms. Make sure to take uh, Aaron's On the Road with you this Pesach for all your Pesach needs. And, of course, I do remind you that Aaron's of West Orange, New Jersey, is one of our sponsors this morning. And of those of you who enjoy the West Orange Aaron's Kushner Loyalty Program, every time you make a purchase between Purim and Pesach, the Kushner schools get 4% back on all purchases when using the Kushner Loyalty Card. I want to thank Mark Zamek, who's producing our show this morning. It's a throwback Tuesday for me, as Mark and I have not worked uh, as a team for a while. Uh, in terms of host and producer, and I thank him very much for being here at the Kushner Schools this morning. And we have a couple of special guests with us here in our studio. The first is Ellie Novick. Ellie, good morning to you. Good morning. Nice to see you, sir. What grade do you hail from here at the Kushner School? I'm in 10th grade here. All righty. And we have Jacob. I hope I have this right. Kolchamiro? That's perfect. Thank that, you so much for having me. Amazing how I did yeah, on that pronunciation. There aren't many people that can pronounce it that well, <laughs> so uh, that's impressive. I thank you on my first try, huh? And it says here you're also in 10th grade and that uh, you've had some experience both in the Torah Bowl and in the Chidon HaTanach. Yeah, so I've been, um, I've been participating in both, and um, Kushner really gave me some good opportunities in the Torah field. So I was first participating in Torah Bowl, which is a, um, it's a great competition that allows for um, students to learn Chumash with Rashi. Um, and we won that a few years with Eli Novik as well, who was really amazing in that. And then, uh, and then last year I was able to win um, first place in Chidon Tanach. So I'll be in Israel in May of this year. For Yom Ha'atzmaut. For Yom Ha'atzmaut. In well, we'll, see I, we'll see if I qualify, but um, hopefully I will. And then, uh, and then I'll be there. All right, let's do Torah Bowl first. Chidon Tanach right. is one of my favorite topics. We'll get to it in a second. Um, so Torah Bowl is, 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 it, is it a competition, I assume, that includes a lot of other schools, right? Yeah. And what are, what are you told to prepare when you say Chumash and Rashi? It's not the entire Chumash and Rashi, is it? So each year, um, they focus on a different Sefer. So this year, we're doing um, Sefer Breshit. Mm -hmm. And we have a bunch of meets throughout the year. So for each meet, we have to prepare um, a couple parshas with the commentary of Rashi. And then, we, and then we, go, we go meet with other schools, and we get asked questions. And we're on a table with other schools, and we have to buzz in to see who gets the answer right first. <laughs> so it, it gets pretty intense. So you have to be quick, and you have to know your stuff. Yeah. 
Simple as that. And then when it comes to the Chidon uh, Tanakh, I noticed online, and I'm wondering if this was the competition you were in, there was a recent Chidon Tanakh where one of the requirements was the entire Megillat Esther. Was that one a part of your curriculum or not? Oh, so, um, no, so it's not. So what they do is um, every year they pick the contestants for the international round the year before. Mm. So, um, so my competition was last year. It was on different sections. So I had um, uh, Yehoshua, Yehezkel, and other, um, other Sfarim. Not Esther, actually. Now I have to learn Esther for the next round. Seriously? I do. Um, this is a good week for that. This is a good week. I'll get to review it then. Um, <laughs> At least a couple of times. A few times, yep. Um, <laughs> among others, farm as well. And then um, and we'll see how it goes. We're joined with, uh, by Rabbi Yaakov Mintz, who is the head of Judaic Studies here at the Kushner School. Good morning to you. Good morning. You must be very proud of these young men. These guys are amazing. They do incredible stuff, and uh, they make us very, very proud. You know, it's interesting. You, 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 you are supervising uh, or advising in, in a competition that does not always get the same notoriety as other competitions in the Yeshiva League. You know, basketball and hockey might be more uh, common <laughs> for these students to be following the Torah Bowl and Chidon Tanakh. How do you inspire those at the beginning of the year who are thinking about being in this arena to, in fact, pursue it? Yeah, so these boys, really the entire team, they're just, they're passionate, they're excited, and they love it. And uh, we meet every week, and we go through questions, and, uh, and they study on their own and test each other. And they're so self-driven, self-motivated, and do with such a sense of joy and excitement. It's beautiful, and the administration tries very hard really to promote it and to celebrate it and to let everyone know about their successes because they certainly are no less than the successes on the sports teams. It's, uh, so the terrible gets the same parade that the other sports teams would get. Absolutely. <laughs> we announce it after davening, we celebrate, we take pictures, we send it out because you know, they deserve uh, all the recognition that they, they can get. How many students do you think are involved in Torah competitions in the high school? Um, in the high school, we have a boys' team and a girls' team. Which is about how many? About 20, 20 students. That's so pretty significant. 15, 20 students. And each of them take it as seriously as you said and prepare whatever they're designated to prepare. Absolutely. I mean, these, of course, are captains. But right. Everyone, uh, everyone comes and we meet together and we do practice questions and they go on the meets and, uh, and everyone does you know, their, their portion. But every member of the team is an important part. Is, of is memorization a key gentlemen or is it overrated that they should just basically memorize everything and there's a better way or a better system to study okay yeah so a lot of people think that for these kinds of competitions you need to have a really great memory yeah um so a lot of people think you need a photographic memory right so or something I would close like to, to it disagree with that because i think that's <laughs> i think that's pretty sad um because then that limits the um that would limit the um the amount of people that can um that can participate in it and do a good job um so i have a good memory i don't have a photographic memory and um, I think that hard work is a pretty good substitute for, uh, for natural memory. Um, I mean, I have a good memory, but I still need to work very hard to, um, to produce results um, in this field. And, um, and I enjoy working on it. And anyone that enjoys working on it and tries hard can, um, can certainly succeed, even if they don't have that great of a memory. I guess the practice questions are the key, because you at this point know the type of things that are going to be asked and how they're going to ask the questions, yeah. right? Yeah, the Turbo Arulovska is an amazing job sending out questions and sharing. Now there are other questions out that we practice. And um, it's a chance to learn, and we, we use that as an opportunity also to understand things as well. And we get into lots of important discussions and learning through the process of competition. It's amazing. Uh, Eli Novik's here. Jacob uh, Kolchamiro is here. And Rabbi Yaakov Mintz 
head of Judaic studies here at Kushner as we broadcast here on a Tuesday morning. What are the expectations now when you go to Israel? What are people are people expecting you to come back with a large trophy? What are they expecting from Yom Atzmut in Israel? Um, that's a good question. I hope they're not <laughs> expecting too much because um, I don't really I don't really know um, how it's going to go. But I have um, I think traditionally America scores pretty well. They don't really win uh, first place that often. Um, I'm going to do my best. I get some really great help. From, and, they, um, and they actually do designate a, uh, a member of the diaspora as a diaspora champion, right? Yeah, there is. Like, um, that is a big deal to finish first a separate, outside of Israel. Um, there, is a, there is a separate diaspora competition right. as well um, because Israel traditionally does so well. So they allow other countries as well to, um, to get a share of the right. winning. Um, we'll see. I'll do my best to, um, to beat Israel this year. I will see how that goes. <laughs> and if you do get to a certain point, then the Prime Minister actually himself asks the questions, right? Yeah, so it would be nice to get there. That would be cool. Um, we'll see who it is. I think they're having their elections That's soon. right. We'll see who that who will be asking that. Yom. That's probably what they're running for. That's probably why they want to be Prime Minister, <laughs> to be able to ask that question, uh, to be part of that competition. Uh, it's always cool. It's always fun to, um, uh, to hear that uh, students from local schools um, are doing well the, uh, at the Achidon um, Tanach. Do you know of others who are going to be joining you from other schools in the New York, New Jersey area? Do you know of any others that are at your level that are going to be in the competition in May in Israel? Um, so I don't know them personally, but I know of a few from... Um, I know there's one person from TABC who's going to be there. Cool. And, um, and others from around the area. I think this area typically sends a lot of representatives very nice. uh, to this competition. Well, good luck to you. Thank you very much. Uh, that's uh, Jacob Kolchamiro. We uh, hope on Yom Atzmut morning to be announcing your name. And to be, I hope so, too. And to be saying it with great pride. Not to put any pressure on you, of course. Oh, no, of course As not. I indicated earlier, you know, I certainly would not join those who are pressuring you. Uh, Eli Novik, continued success to you. What's the next step? Are there more terrible competitions? Well, so recently, like two weeks ago, we actually won our division nice. for Terrible. So we're going to be moving on to the championships on April 9th. So that'll be exciting. We're competing against four other division champions. Where does that take place? It's in Brooklyn. It happens in one of the shuls there um, where Robert Wolofsky, he's the person who runs the competition. That's where he, I guess that's his shul. And we all go there. We, we go to a room in that shul and we get asked like, I think there are a total of 100 questions. And these are like the four best teams. So it's very intense. Like very cool. Has Kushner won this thing before? It's <sighs> a tough question. Last year we came up one point short. Oh, my gosh. That must be heartbreaking. That's, uh, All right. But we're determined this year. This is, this is our year. You're and, aspiring uh, to end up in the top spot. Uh, Rabbi Mintz, I thank you. Thank you so much. Continued Thank success. Rabbi Mintz is the head of the Judaic Studies Department here at Kushner. Great speaking to some of the students. And we salute those terrible winners and those who are trying to uh, aspire to the top position in that competition coming up April the 9th. And we wish Jacob the best of luck in Israel. It'll be on Yom Ha'atzmaut when he and many others from around the world and, of course, Israel compete together in the International Chidon Tanakh, the International Bible Contest. Avrami's got the uh, musical selection as we continue from Kushner and the Kushner Schools in Livingston, New Jersey, on a very special Tuesday morning broadcast at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. We are live at the Kushner Schools in Livingston, New Jersey. We've been talking about this for a long time, being here at the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy in the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School. We are here Purim week, which is even more exciting because you know how our schools are in our community when it comes to Purim week. It's always a very festive environment all through the week. And now one of the uh, highlights of our visit to the Kushner Schools, the head of school, for the last many, many years, Rabbi Eliezer Rubin. Rabbi Rubin is here to greet us, and together we are going to watch the doors of Kushner fly open as uh, hundreds and hundreds of students are about to walk in these school doors on a Tuesday morning. Rabbi Rubin, welcome to JM and the AM, and thanks for welcoming us here to the Kushner Schools. Thank you so much. What a pleasure and an honor to be here, Nachum, and thanks for coming to our hallways and filling the airways here. Uh, it's uh, quite an exciting day before Purim and even more exciting with you in our hallway. I Thank appreciate you. it. I see some people already are dressed up in Purim uh, costumes. Uh, yes, I'm glad that you sense that just on Purim they get up dressed this way. <laughs> Very good. As much as there's excitement and there's a lot of vigor in the hallways, <laughs> we're usually more conventional in the way that we appear. Well, I did say if we show up this week... Uh, that it would be a more festive environment. Are you already feeling the uh, the anticipation of uh, Thursday and then Friday? Actually, you're going to have school on Shushan Purim, right? right? We have school Shushan Purim, and yes, it is more festive since Rosh Chodesh Hadar. We've been feeling the uh, electricity and the vibrancy in the hallways. And uh, it's. I always like to think that school is not about necessarily the moment. It's the day in, day out of the transmission of the messaging and the education, uh, all based on educational philosophy. We are an N through 12 school, one of the few uh, in New Jersey, and gives us the opportunity to really look at education with a scope and sequence that begins from nursery school all the way through grade 12. Uh, it, that's an exciting aspect because we can actually plan methodically and thoughtfully looking both at the moment and at the outcome, the desired outcomes of education, so we can design the inputs. And that uh, gives us the opportunity also to measure and to evaluate our program based on the progression of students. And it gives teachers the opportunity also to synergetically talk to one another and share and integrate uh, their ideas so that we can look at education more holistically and more systematically. Well, if that's the case, and if you're making the case, that would mean that the high school has certain things about it that are different because N through 8 exists. And N through 8 has things that are different about it because the high school is right next door. That's really a great insight, Nahum. In fact, we are just finishing up now a style book uh, for the English language curriculum so that we could coordinate not only just the, not only the academic aspect and the curriculum and the language, but also make sure that our teachers are all working towards the same goal for writing and for analyzing literature, using the literary terms and the writing concepts that are, will create consistency uh, for student learning. Uh, and it was a great collaborative effort to see school teachers from the different divisions working together and understanding one another and providing educational experience for students which is consistent. And consistency is critical. It's key in learning. Hmm, interesting. Rabbi Rubens here, of course. We are speaking with the head of school here at the Kushner Schools. Um, the whole dynamic of uh, having all these grades together, having all these grades, you know, under your jurisdiction, frankly, uh, it must be very interesting. Is there a dynamic that has a crossover between the Judaic studies and the secular studies as well? 
has a very positive esprit de corps in the school. We're all rowing together in the same direction. Um, each department understands that it's a complement to the other, but there's a lot of passion uh, for each discipline. Uh, Judaic studies and Torah is the heartbeat. Uh, it is the core essence of the school, along with our uh, embrace of and support of Medina Israel, of course, developmentally in its appropriate time. Uh, the concept of Torah permeates every aspect of school. Uh, we're just sitting right here, Nachum, when you walk in. To, to my left is the yep. Beit Midrash. As soon as you walk in, the same in the high school entrance. The first uh, room that any student faces when walking into the school is the library and the Beit Midrash. I assume that was and done purposely. symbolic gesture. It's a message that the uh, center court of the school, uh, the logo, the symbol of the school is Torah and is learning. Uh, in fact, I, I th one of the really nice parts of the school is the fact that uh, the different divisions collaborate with one another. And so just recently, the second grade in the high school worked on a homeless project and they collected clothes and the high school students distribu uh, distributed them in Newark. In fact, we're developing a nice relationship with the folks in Newark because of our outreach, No Chesed, and thanks to the great work of uh, Rabbi Kirsch and the and, and, and the, the sense of caring and, and the commitment to community. Uh, we've also Nochem, gone on through a very exciting building campaign in the last five years. We're now on a very ambitious project to develop the Side 6. Now, the Side 6 will include soccer field, an amphitheater, uh, basketball courts, uh, tennis courts. Uh, it will call uh, an outdoor recreation field, and we have an indoor recreational facility for inclement weather. We're not in Florida. <laughs> for all of Nachum's <laughs> listeners in warmer climate, this is New Jersey, and we can actually have recess indoors uh, in, a sh in a very beautiful, wide-open space that was recently renovated, the Nomi Rosenfeld Key Law Center. Uh, and that comes on the heels of transforming the entire building. We have renovated the JKHA science uh, labs. We have included the exceptional science facilities that you'll hear about a little later. Uh, we've renovated the Beit Midrash. We look at the library and the media center and the study center and uh, the Jeremy and Abby Halpern st student lounge. And the list goes on to places to give children a sense that education is dignified. And when you raise the bar to a level of dignity for students, they reach that bar. And if you respect education, students respect education. And our students are dignified, they're uh, committed, they're devoted, and they understand the core values of what we stand for. Everybody, Rubens here, of course. We speak with him literally in the lobby of the Kushner schools as students and teachers uh, are pouring in to start the school day. You know, it would be, I'd be remiss if I didn't get your opinion about um, uh, the nature of being a student today, because uh, we know how difficult the challenges are. Uh, it's a, you know, the United States, as great as it is, does present uh, many distractions, uh, many different things that the student could pursue, and yet you, you're able, from your vantage point, to supervise students who are very into APAC and very into sports and very into Torah study. And we just spoke a moment ago with people who are, who are dedicating their free time to Torah Bowl and Chidona Tanakh. Yeah. How is it? with all the cynicism that we have about how hard it is to be a kid these days in this type of environment in this country. How is it that students decide to pursue those things? And Nachum, it's really remarkable that although you sit behind a radio station, you have such a great <laughs> understanding of the uh, heartbeat and of, and of the rhythms of American society for yeshiva high school kids and elementary school. Uh, it, it's a complex answer. Uh, I think first and foremost, messaging has to be clear and consistent. Uh, you just mentioned some of the great achievements of our students. The kids in the school have gumption. 
they have resolve. There's a lot of moxie. They feel pride in what they're doing. And when kids and adults, for that matter, feel pride in our identity and our heritage and our traditions, they hold on and they engage them and they make them important core values of their lives. And it's not, it, it's, a, it's in the Torah bowl and it's in the Chidona Tanakh and it's in the day-to-day -day expressions of learning. But you see also that for, we're a big, small school. I, I was just speaking to the students on Friday that for a school that uh, is cons maybe considered smaller in the New Jersey community, uh, we have racked up wins and achievements that rival schools that are certainly larger than ours because the kids have pride in what they're doing and they feel the support and the comfort and the security of what the school offers them and they're able to stretch beyond their own maybe self-imposed limitations and go see horizons that they didn't think they were able to necessarily reach. The big small concept of a school makes sure that everybody matters. And if everybody matters in a school, then they'll go ahead and they'll achieve more because they know they matter to people and they matter to themselves. The only way to carry that out, by the way, is to have faculty that, that you know, is ready to take on this mission and be inspiring and instill confidence in these students. Well, that's because they know they matter. Right. And they matter. They have, they're charged with a responsibility for educating the Jewish youth of tomorrow. I don't know, say that the Jewish leaders of tomorrow, sometimes I find that a little bit off-putting. Not every student that graduates school is going to necessarily be a leader, but everyone has to be a, a committed, devoted Jewish person, Torah observant person in his own world, and then you become a leader just for your own life. Of course, that can expand outward, and it does, and that's why our students are the, the, the largest yeshiva high school APAC group in the United States yeah, of America. Yeah, which is unbelievable. We'll and talk more about you that, but it's just unbelievable. recognized every single year for it. That's why our students could also, with this big, small school where they care, know they can win the JV Hockey Championship. We, can, we have a championship championship chess team. The, the big small school means that everybody here in this building matters to somebody else and so do the teachers. We invest a lot in pr professional development. We have, over the years, and thanks to the Federation who's been our partner with this, uh, we even have a person who's dedicated to making sure that every single teacher in the school could engage in a professional development opportunity that will either remediate an issue or it will create more professional growth. And when you acknowledge teachers and you recognize that the teachers in the school are what matters, then the student matters. And recently, I think, I don't know how many schools have been able to engage this because it hasn't just been very recently released. We've uh, participated in a faculty survey to determine how are they feeling in the school? What is their experience? We survey students, we survey parents, but probably the most, one of the most important stakeholders in the success of a school is the teachers. Right. How are they faring? And when we get that data back, we'll analyze that data on a more of a metacognitive way and say, okay, what do we do with this information to make sure that our teachers can thrive in an environment where they can inspire our students to embrace and engage our ideals? You know, we're here on a quote-unquote typical Tuesday. Is, is there such a thing as a typical day here? Or you, you never know what may happen when you're walking the halls here. Uh, that's the greatest part of education. This is the, the most exciting life uh, every single day. It's a new day. It's uh, when you bring in 780 or 800 students into a building and faculty and parents and even grandparents. Uh, there's a new dynamic every moment. And that dynamic is one which... Uh, creates a vibrancy and a vim and a vigor and a vitality that really kind of uplifts everybody's spirits. You can see just sitting in the hallway, the kids walking through the building and just feeling, okay, I'm home. 
We hear that from our college graduates also. I, I love when they come back, or our students <laughs> who live in Israel, our students who are, who are studying for a year in Israel and they come back, our students who are fighting in Sahel and they come back. I just recently, last week, I was in Israel for two weeks ago for a wedding of one of our graduates, and I stopped by Givat um, HaTachmoshet. Uh, to uh, acknowledge one of our students who just finished his Masakumta. He just finished his, uh, uh, one of the uh, more important benchmarks in Salas at San Khan. And what made me so excited that besides that all of his peers came out from the different yeshiva to greet him, his brother, who is a graduate of ours also, is a commanding officer in the same San Khanim battalion. So here would Do their parents know? <laughs> Yeah, right. And that's why we're getting, our school is growing. We have fam children from um, uh, Edison, from... from uh, right, a lot of different neighborhoods. We have from uh, uh, Middlesex County. Uh, we have from East Brunswick. Uh, we have from Staten Island, uh, Elizabeth, Linden. Um, we have from uh, uh, Springfield. I don't go through the list. I'll start uh, leaving anyone out. No one should feel, feel uncomfortable with Short Hills. We have uh, Randolph. Uh, we have really? Highland Park, Muncie. Uh, we have so many students. We, we made a graphic of all of different communities that our kids come from. And it's, it's just, uh, it's obviously Livingston and West Orange are the, are the main feeder towns for the school. And now we're attracting Nahum students from Teaneck. It's been, uh, it's been an interesting new development that students and families from Teaneck have discovered what some people call the best kept secret in New Jersey. <laughs> and before you guys ask me to leave the air, which is not easy. <laughs> I don't get this opportunity very well. Well, I could do this with you all morning, but I'm told we have other guests. Yes, that's all. Right. I don't want to take that that's time. That's the problem. And they have the more important guests. You're going to hear from students. <laughs> I'm just going to fade away one day into some assisted living home. It's the students you want to listen to. And I want to thank our supporters who have really enabled us and encouraged us and inspired us to keep on reaching for higher heights. And I wanted to point you, that. You, you mentioned, first of all, I, I think you know this story. But we were, we were in 2014, uh, literally on the Gaza border at the time of the war. Yes. And we meet a whole group of Israeli soldiers. And then at some point, someone mentions my name to them just to, you know, just to introduce me or whatever. And one says, oh, my gosh, I, listened to you, I used to listen to you every morning. I went to Kushner. <laughs> I mean, a Livingston kid who is s serving on the front lines. I mean, I, but I'm sure that's been replicated for you many times as yes. you tour through Israel. But I wanted to mention I got a note that Nina Khan... A Kushner 2017 graduate, does that make sense? Is currently in the IDF, Madrichat uh, Shirayon. I got this note from her mom. And uh, she sent along a note about a March 28th parents' night for parents of current and future lone soldiers. So this connection to the IDF between the students and parents of this institution is amazing. And they take great leadership roles. I got a note last night from one of our parents that the, the newly elected president of the MIT Hillel is also one of our Kushner graduates. Nice. Uh, we don't have to tell them to take the step forward. They're inspired. They, they're, they're enchanted. They understand that they have a role. They have a role to the, that's for themselves, for their own Torah-Jewish commitment. But more important, as important, they have also an important role with, to play within the Jewish Torah community. And I would like to think in humanity as well. It doesn't stop there. And uh, this is a great opportunity, Nachum. Thank you. I'm Thank getting, you. I'm getting those googly eyes from everyone around me. It's time <laughs> to get up. I, even though I could be a rabbi, I know when it's time to stop talking. So thank you very much for this wonderful opportunity. Rabbi Rubin, thank you for welcoming You're us here. You're the best, Nachum. You are the thank best. Uh, amazing. A big thank you to everybody who's helped put this show together. Our producer, Mark Zamek, Rabbi Kirsch, of course, who's worked so hard on the Kushner end. Yoni Pollock is here as our chief engineer. I want to thank Avrami, who's going to head to the music in a second. And I want to thank the Jacob and Halpern families, and a special shout-out to Batsheva and Murray Halpern. 
and uh, of course to a ZK who was up early helping us as well. More coming up on this Tuesday morning from Kushner. We go to this selection of Rummy, you've got it. Thanks so much for listening to JM in the AM.
Digital radio around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. We're at the Kushner School, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School here in Livingston, New Jersey. As we broadcast on a Tuesday morning, it's Purim week, of course, here at uh, at Kushner and everywhere as we get set for the holiday of Purim. Tomorrow, Tanis Esther, Thursday, the holiday of Purim. And uh, I remind you that. Um, our friends at Aaron's Casino Farms in Queens sponsor our On the Road, and Aaron's in West Orange, New Jersey, sponsors our broadcast uh, today with a reminder that the Aaron's West Orange Kushner Loyalty Program, every purchase you make between Purim and Pesach, uh, the Kushner schools get 4% back on all purchases when using your Kushner Loyalty Card. So keep that in mind as we uh, continue to broadcast from here and as you shop between the holidays of Purim and Pesach at Aaron's West Orange. We're okay? All right. We've got special guests with us here in the uh, main lobby of the uh, of the Kushner Schools. And I want to welcome Rabbi Klibanoff from Congregation Eitz Chaim, who's here. Give him his uh, his due, his shout-out this morning. Um, Shirley Gans is here, Director of Educational Programming at Kushner. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Um, are you feeling the Purim atmosphere here at Kushner? Are you feeling the festive environment with the big holiday coming up? Well, we've had all these dress-up days to make sure that nobody forgets about it, for sure. Um, if you could see me, you would see me in my fancy uh, off-color wig. Well, I didn't want to ask. I was just assuming this was a Purim-related thing. It is. No, I don't dress like this every day, for sure. <laughs> and you have with you uh, some of the students at, uh, at Kushner. Uh, Jasmine Halpern is here. Where's Jasmine? Good morning. morning. Nice to have you here. Gila Klibanoff is here. Hi. Gila, good morning to you. And Ilan Shans-Khalil, is that the right pronunciation? Yes, the right pronunciation. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Why, uh, Shirley Gans, have these three students been singled out this morning here at Kushner for JM in the AM? Well, all three of these students are incredible eighth graders who have really been leaders in the middle school. Uh, Jasmine is our student council president. 
Gila is on student council as well, and Ilan has been on student council all the years prior to this year and has really stepped up as the leader in the middle school. All right, one of the fun things I love doing is speaking to eighth graders, especially during the second half of the year. You know how it is when you're an eighth. I have an eighth grader, actually, who's in the second half of the year right now. Well, we'll start with Jasmine, since she's one of the, uh, the leaders. So what's it like now? It's the month of March, and things are winding down, and so many of you have your sights on graduation day. What's it like being in eighth grade here? Well, at the beginning, it was a little bit stressful, but I think that, that we all like are used to the work and everything. We just we're more, we're more focused on like just like finishing the year off and like getting good grades and you know having fun. Are things getting more and more fun as the year goes on? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and in your position, do you get to make some of those decisions about what some of the fun should be? Yeah, student council plans a lot of the activities here, and we also have. Um, weekly snack sales on Fridays where nice. we sell snacks to the students and yeah it's, it's really fun. Is there a full yearbook committee who's taking care of that whole department? Yeah so they also they meet on Wednesdays and they're planning a yearbook and it's like Amazon themed. Hmm. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Really uh, all right we have uh, Gila Klibanoff. Gila how's Hi. your second half of eighth grade been? It's been great. <laughs> Uh-oh, you can hear the fun in your voice. <laughs> so things are winding down, and you know when September rolls around, things will be a little different, right? Yeah, they always tell us that high school is going to be so much different, but honestly, I'm very excited about it. Oh, Baruch Hashem. And what have been some of the uh, fun activities, not necessarily Purim-related? What else has been well, happening you know, over the last... Student Council, we plan a lot of the great activities. Like recently, on Friday last week, the boys' hockey team played the boys' basketball team in a basketball game. Nice. Organized by Student Council. It was very fun. By a shock, the boys' basketball team won. Mm, there's a shocker. Uh, and uh, and things are just rolling along here, right? And the yeah. week of Purim, do you feel the festive atmosphere here this week? Definitely. I love all the dress-up days. What's going to happen Shushan Purim? What happens here on Friday? Um, we all dress up in our own costumes, and we have a carnival. So that's the most serious of all the, the dress-up and fun days here, yeah. I would guess. And we have uh, Ilan Shashkalil. Uh, here, how are you, Ilan? I'm great. How are you? How's your eighth grade experience been so far? It's really a lot of fun. There's so many different ways to learn, and and the rebbeim and moral make it a lot of fun. So I love eighth grade. I All right. So you you still go to class, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm still going to class. <laughs> we don't know what it'll be a couple of months from now. But what day is graduation day? Do we? Is it circled on your calendar? Graduation day? So, not yet. I think it's the nineteenth. Is it nineteenth of June? It's gonna be it's gonna be a big celebration, huh? How many eighth graders are there? Um, about 70, 60. Nice. 60 something. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not good. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's just, I, my point is, it's a nice large class. It's gonna be a big. Uh, it's gonna be a big celebration graduation, to say the least. Um, Shirley Gans, director of educational programming. Does that include the the uh, only elementary school, high school? What do you what are you responsible uh, for? Here? I work mostly with the middle school, a little bit with the lower school. Cool. And what are some of the things that you implement here that is different um, about your program? Well, I'm new, so uh, I'm just first learning the culture, and it's really unbelievable here. Um, one of the things that we did, I'll tell you, like one of the bigger successes is during color war, which we had two weeks ago. Um, we had this great program where we pinned the teachers up against each other and videoed it, and the kids had got points for betting on the right teacher, and it was really fun, right, guys? <laughs> it was really fun to watch. Uh, you know, it's fun to see the teachers competing the way the kids compete during color war. Isn't it funny how color war has seeped into the uh, into the larger? 
annual school calendar. You know, when I was a kid, and I knew that that expression would show up at some point during this show. You know, when I was a kid, there was no color war in elementary school. I don't know if you know that. Oh, it was there when I was a kid, so. <laughs> oh, you had it already? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't have it. Uh, it was strictly academics at that point. Yeah, you know, then all of a sudden, all these fun, different alternatives snuck into Jewish education somehow. Yeah, but why not have a little fun while we're here? Well, I agree with you on that. And what's it like? And you said it's your first year here. It is. So what's it like when you when you get here and you see the dynamic? And I'm somewhat familiar with the school because of its history, and I know a lot of people who are here and some amazing families that are here. What is your from your vantage point, when you walk in those first few days, what's it like at Kushner? Well, Kushner is a really special place. Um, it is really a school that draws from quite a few communities, and it's really special to see the different communities come together in school every day. Um, my family just moved to Springfield, New Jersey, which has also been nice. an amazing move. And I hear it's a really so growing community. It is, it is really wonderful. I highly recommend. Very nice. Um, but the school is amazing. There's amazing ruach. The kids are so motivated to learn, so that makes it fun and exciting. And anything that we do on top of that with the programming is just like icing on the cake. Tell me there's a lot of Jewish music at Kushner, please. Of course. Oh, is there really? Yes. All right. Uh, That's good. So both the elementary and the and the middle and the high school kids are uh, are are acquainted with the Jewish music scene. I don't think so. All right, very nice. Well, it's a pleasure meeting you. Thank you. For Continued success. What's Friday's costume? Do you know yet or not? Well, the students have different themes, and then right. the teachers are dressing up as Jewish superheroes. Interesting. So, but we don't want to give anything away. We like things to be a surprise. A Jewish super superhero. Yep. Trying to think if I could think of any of those. Well, you'll have to come back on Friday. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. Will you be sending out pictures and uh, making sure that people are documenting it on Absolutely. Friday? Absolutely. Do you guys have costumes yet for Friday? Yeah. You have some good ideas? Anything mm -hmm. to reveal or we're going to wait till then? I mean, like, each grade has its own theme. Ah. So we have to dress up within the theme. Right. Like, it's very general. and We get to, like, choose our own costumes. It's very great. All right. Well, enjoy. There's nothing like Purim week. Chag Sameach to everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for Thanks all the students. For joining us. I'll tell you, we love speaking to students here uh, who are, um, <laughs> especially the ones who are getting set to graduate, because <laughs> it seems those are the ones who are really, really happy, uh, who are enjoying the second half of eighth grade. I always wonder what to do with the second half of eighth grade. Maybe Rabbi Kirsch has a suggestion for me. Well... I find there's too much senioritis out there, Rabbi Kirsch. Too much. That's right. I never thought so until I became a parent. Then all of a sudden, I wanted to obliterate the second half of eighth grade. <laughs> Rabbi Richard Kirsch, who I mentioned earlier, was instrumental in, uh, in helping us and guiding us through this process of, um, of putting on a show and, and visiting the Kushner Schools. He's director of athletics, Judaic studies, and sociology teacher. He's also in the guidance department. My gosh, you're doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> and you are joined by three students here. Now, now you'll have to tell me who they are because I think this is an, up an updated group, if I'm not mistaken. Go ahead, Rabbi Kirsch. Who do we have? So we have um, our APAC pre three of our APAC presidents. Nice. Raquel Fussman. All right, Who's Raquel, good morning to good you. Morning. Good morning. Who else do we have? Maya Klibinoff. Maya, hi to you. Hi. And Daphna Anzel. And Hi. Daphna, thanks for joining us. Well, this is, I mean, this group is right up my alley, to say the least. One of the things you told me last week, which I still, I, I, I've been thinking about it since then. There are so many schools that send their seniors to APAC. There are so many schools that send their older students to APAC, which, of course, has, its, has a, merit, a, a merit to it. But you do something unique. 
and so smart, and that is that you start the process much earlier. There are many ninth graders who are going to be joining you next week in Washington. Right. And it's that experience, I think, in ninth, tenth, eleventh grade that makes that whole twelfth grade experience completely different. Before we ask the students, what can you tell us about that? Well, absolutely. Um, I, I feel very strongly you have to start the students out at a very young age. And I'm excited to say that we have over 20 ninth graders going on APAC. That's unbelievable. And uh, they're so fired up and, and they can't wait. And it's not like they're just showing up for APAC policy conference and, and, and I won't see them again. They, they've been energized since day one, since they walked into the school. They've been coming to weekly meetings. They've been lobby they've been uh, contacting our elective officials they they they're just so engaged so they take israel advocacy very seriously by the way i didn't yeah. even ask are these 12th graders 11th graders oh 12th grade they're yeah. all 12 they're, they're, 12th they're amazing so they're, so they're also second half of senior year yes uh okay we'll talk about that in a minute um <laughs> one of the other things is that and and this gets a big big round of applause from all listening in the jewish world the kushner high school uh, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School has yes. the largest delegation in yes. the entire country. Yes. Not, not New Jersey, New York. This is the largest APAC delegation of any high school in the entire United States of America. That's correct. Uh, and to get to that point, it took many, many years of work, obviously. Absolutely. Which um, is amazing. Yeah, it's really amazing. Um, I remember when I first started out, there were about maybe 10 kids who went. And right. then it went to 15, then 20, then... Last year we had 50, and when they first came into school, students were already asking about the APAC policy conference. Back in September. Back in September. Uh, all right, Raquel, we'll start with you. What can you tell? First of all, how many years are you doing this? Four. Is it four, four years? Are you there as a ninth grader? I started in the, my summer going into ninth grade. Um, we went to lobby our congressman. And, yeah, so I've really been doing this my whole high school So you career. do understand when I say that this experience for you is going to be a lot different than the regular high school senior who's going for the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is my fourth year going to be going to the policy wow. conference. It's very exciting. Uh, Maya and Daphna also four years? or This is our third. Third year going? Yeah. And, and this is Ariana? Yes. And Ariana's, been, <laughs> Ariana's, Ariana's just surprised us by popping in. And you've been there how many years? Three years. Three years. Um, so the whole thing is amazing. What are some of the things you're looking forward to? Uh, Maya, Daphna, someone tell me some of the things that are going to be happening next week at APAC that you really look forward to. Um, my favorite thing at APAC Policy Conference is the innovation segment. I find it like it, unbelievable that, that APAC and Israel joined together can make all of these technologies and innovations. I find it super cool. I didn't even realize that that was a big part of the policy yeah. conference. So it's, in, it's innovation and technology that comes from Israel that APAC is helping move along, that type of thing? Yeah, like they have desalin desalination right. and all those things. It's really cool. Pretty amazing. Um, how many senators, congressmen, influential people? I guess this is not that type of trip, right? It's, it's not a really a lobbying trip. It's no, it more. Is. is it a lobbying trip? You yeah. actually get to speak to them personally? Yeah. So how so many of them do you generally see? We usually see one, which is our um, representative. Uh. But depending on where you're from, you go see your representative. But it's really just great to be able to actually lobby them and to like be able to tell them 
the importance of the American-Israeli alliance. Now, the first time you were there, did you sit there in stunned silence? Yeah. <laughs> Not opening. You didn't want to take a chance on saying anything, right? Yeah, it was definitely <laughs> intimidating the first time, but you got into it, and it's really, like, important to Right. Know. So next week, you'll probably say something, right, in, yeah. in question or answer form, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, I wonder what type of topics will come up now this yeah. week. I mean, there's so many different things going on with yeah. the election there happening in Israel. There are a lot of different things, so... We'll see. Wonder what the discussion. You never really, and, and you never really know what the discussion will be like, right? It's more like what that representative wants yeah. to speak about, and and they'll start probably by asking where you're from and all that right. stuff, right? What could you tell us? Go ahead, Ariana. So one of my favorite things about APAC is downstairs they have this village where in between sessions you get to go, you get a drink, you get a snack, and you get to see all the different pop-ups where Israeli companies come in and they display what they've made for, you know, everyone who's. On APAC. So I think it's very cool because when we're downstairs, you get to see 18,000 people who've all come from different places, different countries, different backgrounds in the basement in APAC. It's pretty so amazing. It's really cool. We're speaking with the uh, representatives of the largest high sc- Jewish high school uh, APAC group, uh, 77 it'll be, 77 yes. students yeah. going next week. Um, leaving Sunday morning, I assume? Uh, Saturday, Saturday night. night. Yeah. Leaving Saturday night, being there already on Sunday. Now, are you guys aware of the fact that this is a big election campaign, APAC? That Very. every candidate or <laughs> anybody anybody who's even thought of announcing that they're part of a party in Israel are going to be yeah. speaking at APAC? Definitely. That's yeah. very significant. Yeah. But you've heard some of those speeches before, right? The Prime Minister has been there when yeah. you've been there, right? The Prime Minister yeah. speaks every year. Right. Sometimes he'll FaceTime in, but every year we get to hear what he says, which is really cool. Right. Lots, lots going on. It's amazing. Yeah. And um, I, I asked earlier about some of the things that might come up with the representative. As, as I'm thinking about all this, I mean, you know, the, I don't know if this comes up, but, you know, with, with, all, the, with all the talk these days about, about members of government saying controversial things about Israel and the Jewish community, I would have guessed that has to be part of the conversation, right? Are you prepared for that? <laughs> Is that a yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> we try our best to maintain proper decorum because it is a public mm. event and we have to be respectful of everyone right, of and course. everyone's opinions. Also, it's bipartisan, so we don't try to like show what we really... like. We're there for one main reason, but it definitely gets hard when people are like sitting there and making different faces. You kind of It's hard to anticipate what's going to happen, but you have to just hope for the best. Yeah, yeah interesting. Um, how different is it because you've done this for four years? I mean, I keep emphasizing this. I bet you that there are no ninth grade, that there's certain ninth graders never even heard of APAC and probably 10th mm-hmm. graders around this country as well. What's it like because you've been doing this so long? Well, now we're like running the meetings. <laughs> now you're in charge. <laughs> <laughs> we're educating the students and we're teaching them about what's going on in the community and what's happening with all these like anti-Israel um, sentiment and stuff like that. Is there a lot of stuff published? Do you have talking points that you take down there? or? Uh? Yeah, we like we make weekly like PowerPoints or we try to and we just or we tell them the news that's going on in Israel and stuff. Right. Who's the who's the most recent one to speak to their, you know, to make a phone call to a government or to a congressman or senator? Anybody? Anybody have an experience in the last few weeks where you've been in touch with somebody or it's been pretty quiet? <laughs> <laughs> it's been pretty quiet. I mean, after all, there are hardly any issues out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you're just revved up for APAC and waiting and yeah. waiting yeah, for the we big day next week. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> the, the nice thing is that um, our congressman woman, uh, Mikey Sherrill. Uh, 
we're going to be meet, uh, seeing her when right. we go to APAC, and we, we know her, right? We have an established relationship with her because she actually came to speak to us um, when she was running. So we kind of created that relationship early, and now we're really using it to our advantage to yeah. really. How much of all this is personal relationship, right? It's everything. It is everything. There's a lot in Jewish history, especially modern Jewish history, that dictates that. It's all about who you know, and you never know when that uh, relationship is going to come in handy. Are you solely responsible for preparing them? There are other teachers that prepare them for all this? Um, well, we have other chaperones going right. on the trip. Ah, Thank good point. God. <laughs> right, good point. And, um, but we've been preparing for this trip. Uh, we're going to be actually uh, getting an award at the policy conference. Which we're is one of three schools in the country getting, it's called the... Um, Exemplar, Exemplar, award. <laughs> Exemplar Award. And um, our students are preparing a PowerPoint presentation in front of the entire high school. 600 people. Six, 600 people. It's Pretty really amazing. amazing. They're not intimidated by Washington, huh? Nah, Washington can be, an, it can be an intimidating <laughs> city, you know, with those large buildings and rich history. But I see you guys are not intimidated at all. Well, one thing I do know, you're going to represent us very well down there, and I thank you, and all your 74 other colleagues, or whoever number are going to be there. And to all the teachers that have played a role in preparing you for this, I say kola kavod. It's really an amazing thing. Israel advocacy might be the most important subject that kids learn in school these days, especially when, uh, on the road to becoming Jewish leaders uh, later on. So uh, congratulations. What can I say? Very proud of all of you. And Rabbi Kirsch, you. It's gonna, you so I'm much. sure it's going to be an amazing trip. It really will. And an incredible mission. We're and, so excited. And I'm glad that the Kushner School, right, Kushner Yeshiva High School, is being recognized uh, for what's going to happen um, uh, down there at, uh, at APAC next week. Thank you and happy Purim, guys. You too. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Enjoy. Thank right, you. Gersh, so much. To you. Thank you so much. Uh, more coming up. but we, I don't have this, but uh, we have a guest. Great. Our next guest coming up is Michael Lefkowitz. Michael Lefkowitz is here. I don't have that. Michael Lefkowitz is here, and Michael Lefkowitz is in the category of individuals that we always anticipate during these school shows. He's a proud alum. Have I made myself clear? Good morning. He is a proud alumni of um, the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School. From he is currently with the Y Studs. Correct. How many, how many members are there in the Y Studs? It changes. Right now, we have about 12. We have one guy who's in Israel, and Gris Kolel. Um, really? And he's yeah. still considered a member? Yeah, he does a lot of our social media. We haven't tossed him out yet? No, no, he's really... <laughs> he's an integral he's, part? Yeah, he's an integral part. All right, in that we case. We really miss him, and he misses us. In that case, we let him stay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and there's a, brand new, uh, there's a brand new video, which I don't know if we're going to get to today, but it's go it's, it has been released. Is it being released today or tomorrow? It's going to be released today. Today officially? Um, we have the track if we're able to play it. Okay, yeah, I don't know exactly. We'll figure it out here. Yeah. But w one way or the other, the, the, the bottom line is that the Y Studs have a brand new video and a brand new track that is promoting joy and happiness for all segments of the Jewish community. And I have a feeling why. Because this week is Purim, and it's a big week for joy and happiness, right? 100%. That's one of the main parts of Purim is bringing joy to the people. And I believe that's what our video is all about, and people really feel that and connect to that. Are you from the Livingston area? I'm from the Livingston area. I actually have been going to Kushner since kindergarten. So wow. I'm a graduate of Joshua Kushner Hebrew Academy. You're a graduate of every grade. Yeah, every grade. <laughs> um, and uh, Kushner has given me a lot, and I was able to really find my passion for music and film in Kushner. When I was in high school, I started a video club with one of my 
two of my good friends, one of them who's in the Y studs and runs the Y studs. His name is Eitan Rubin. And uh, from there, I also was in the choir. So the combination of a, a love for film and also a love for singing spiraled into later on in life, post-college. Interesting. And, and, so um, what path did you take? You leave high school, and then you go where? I went to NYU. Right. Uh, well, I went to Yeshiva for the year, Yeshiva Nativ Aryeh. Right. And then I went to NYU. For um, film or something else? No, I actually went for marketing. Got but, it. But uh, I sang in the Y studs in, towards the end of college, and then I continued that. Um, I actually don't work for – I don't do singing full-time. I work with my family of a right. business. But it's really a passion of mine that I like to sing – and do a cappella and also film. So I didn't realize the Y studs extend the themselves to outside the YU community. It's very nice. Yes, we do. We extend ourselves from outside the YU community. And uh, I think we really are more than just an a cappella group. We're really a, a performance group. And you'll see that in our new video. Cool. We do a lot of dancing. And this project in particular is really a, a full throttle. Really every project is a full throttle Kushner project. Our video guy is actually a graduate of Kushner. His name is Shlomo Weprin. He was the first Kushner student to go to NYU Tisch Film School. And uh, he was a th graduate of the third class in the high school. So it was between me and him and our present Aton, all of whom had a background in film at Kushner. We have been making a lot of these videos for the last three or four years. And all this, I remind everybody, is because of a club, not because of a actual course that you have to take. No, it was really a club with my guidance counselor here, who's still here. His name is Gary Berger. Yeah, you sure. might meet him later today. Sure. He's an amazing guy. And Rabbi Kirsten, really, Kushner gives you the opportunity, being that it's a little bit of a smaller school, to take leadership. And you see that. I'm sure you're going to see that throughout the day. Michael Lefkowitz is here, an alumni who is uh, with the Y Studs and uh, involved in a hundred other things. Um, how often do you guys perform? I know that the, there's some type of rotating system, right? But uh, you'll find yourself on stage how often? Um, it really depends on the year. This coming coming up right now in the Purim Pesach and then the, the three weeks time when there's a lot of when you can't do live music, we're very busy. Right, we have a lot true. of dinner dinner gigs. We have bar and bat mitzvah gigs. So it really depends on the year. Thank God, Baruch Hashem, we're, we're very busy. But I would say maybe, depending on your rotation, you could be doing a gig you know, twice, twice a month on Shabbos for sure, and maybe a few concerts. What was, the, uh, what was the moment where the Wise Studs knew they made it, where there was a, you know, a, a revolution in Jewish a cappella where they were included in the top groups? I would say that for us, it's kind of funny, we have a, a music video called The Evolution of Jewish right. music. Right, yeah. And I think it's a fun that video. Was, yeah, I think that was really the, the evolution of the Y Studs because we took a video that was done by, by a secular a cappella group that's probably the most famous one in the world, Pentatonix. Right. And they did a bunch of, a series called The Evolution of, of Michael Jackson, The Evolution of, of Music. Right, and pop we, singers. And we did our own take on it and we got very a very good response. It has over a million, 1.2 views. Um, so really, that allowed us to be have our own unique edge to us. It's interesting yeah. that you come back here and you're, and you're, you know, having these fond memories of how positive an influence the school had on you. Yeah, 100%. not everybody goes through that experience where they uh, look at their elementary and high school and have this, you know, really positive reinforced memories. And you've got some good ones. Yeah, I do. I'm really, I'm really lucky, and I think I'm, I'm one of many students here. We have a very strong alumni network. And, oh, uh, is that true? Yeah, we actually. I live on the Upper West Side right now. And uh, we have an alumni coordinator, Erica Rosenfeld, who's here. And they coordinated a Friday night dinner with Kushner alumni. Um, I, unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there. I had a family engagement, but they asked me to be involved in sort of recruit, recruiting people. Right. And they had an uh, alumni dinner at Talia's Steakhouse. And I had friends who were like, oh, wow, like I saw on Facebook you guys are having an alumni thing. 
at Talia Steakhouse. Like, that's awesome. Like, I don't know any other high schools that do that with other alumni. So I think it's, I think it's amazing. All right. Well, you look, like I say, you look back with fond memories, and it seems like you're happy to walk in here today. I am. I'm very happy. And thank and you I very much for giving me the opportunity. I appreciate be you being here. The Y studs will be prominently displayed in our broadcast tomorrow for sure, especially with the new video. And we'll yes. remind everybody about it and uh, send our best to the entire group. I will. Thank you very much, Malcolm. Michael Lefkowitz. The Y studs, an alum of uh, of the Kushner schools, as he said, from kindergarten through twelfth grade, had <laughs> joining us here on a, a Tuesday morning here at uh, JM in the AM, and I'm told that Rabbi Klibanoff is joining us. A word or two from the spiritual leader of Congregation Eitz Chaim of Livingston, New Jersey, somebody I am proud to call a longtime friend. Rabbi Klibanoff, great to have you on the air. Great to be here. Good morning. Thank you for coming to our school. Really, I appreciate it. Uh, wonderful that. to see you here. Funny you say our school. After all, you're a community rabbi who's not directly you know, involved with the school, but it sounds like uh, well, in, in a way you are. Yeah, well, but I am. First that of all, my children go here. Right. Uh, but we pride ourselves at Eitz Chaim in Livingston. We pride ourselves on the relationship that we have. Uh, with all the neighborhood schools, but particularly with uh, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, Ray Kushner Shiva High School. I'm just still trying to master how Rabbi Rubin says that in one syllable. <laughs> He's mastered that, huh? Yes. Um, what can you tell us that's unique about this institution, especially as a parent, somebody who has seen you know, your own kids go through the, uh, the school already at this so point? So my, my oldest, who graduated high school last year, is studying in Israel this year in Madrash Arova. Nice. And now she looks back, and I speak to her every single day, and she looks back and she is so proud of the education that she got here. Not only her Hebrew and uh, her Torah education, but also her science education. When she went for her college interview, she was actually almost lecturing them because they said, wait, you have this type of equipment in your school for your STEM program? They couldn't believe it. And the exposure then, the ability that the students have that they can ask, they can freely ask questions about faith, about religion, about halacha, about anything. And this, the high school especially, like, you want to learn something? We'll find a way to offer the course. You want an internship with the New York Yankees? Rabbi Kirsch, he'll find a way to get it for you. I mean, they, you have all these opportunities, which people don't realize in this, in this little hub here uh, is really amazing. And I see it from the youngest of ages. My kids love going to school. They used to not like missing school. They used to, you know, really not like missing school. Now they don't, definitely don't want to miss school because there's always something exciting happening and they really want to be a part of it. And that doesn't change when one goes to high school. It does not that change. That you know from they, personal and, experience. And, and especially one of my, I have a 10th grader who probably likes to sleep more than she likes to learn, but <laughs> she does not want to miss school because she knows how crucial it is every single day to learn something and to be a part of it. What do you think of the APAC group at uh, 77? So I go, I go every year, and I've taken my, my oldest daughter. She's gone with me every year. My, my 10th grader is going with me this year. And it's such an inspiring moment when I see an APAC village, especially when we take that group picture. And uh, usually I'm the one that takes it uh, for Rabbi Kirsch, but to see all of our students and they see really the pride that they have and the knowledge that they have about the America-Israel relationship going forward, which is so crucial, especially as they head to college campuses. And they have so many forces working against them and our kids are prepared. I have to say they're really prepared, and it's so, so impressive. And kudos to Rabbi Kirsch and to the entire administration. I see uh, Gary Berger is here. Gary Berger is not only is a member of Eitz Chaim, but uh, also a dear personal friend. And he works, I think he has 17 titles in the school now. <laughs> but uh, he works so hard for our children every single day. And APAC is just one of the things that I see. That, and I get to see it firsthand, and it's really it's unbelievable. And I, I lauded this whole attitude of taking ninth graders which is unbelievable to prepare them because a lot of schools only take 12th graders, frankly. You know, that's how it works in, in a lot of places. you got to start them young. But starting them young is really amazing. 
and um, and uh, it's, it should be noted. By the way, uh, help me uh, in join me in wishing a Mazel Tov to all the honorees. Uh, but um, in this case, the guests of honor, Batsheva and Murray Halpern, on the 5th of June, they'll be recognized along with some amazing honorees at the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School dinner coming up, their 71st annual dinner. And uh, you know what the Halperns mean to us at the Nahum Siegel Network, and I know that uh, you know them for quite a while. And you know what the Halperns mean to us 100%. at uh, Congregation Eitz Chaim in Livingston. Um, actually, Murray was the president of the shul when I was hired. Ah. So uh, my introduction to Livingston was basically through the lens of Murray Halpern, who was the co-president at the time, and he's been such a dear friend. And, I, and, and when you think of two individuals who, and I know because I see a lot that goes on behind the scenes of how much they give of themselves, not just their resources, but of themselves for our children and for the entire community. And you know, like when you ask Murray to do something, you ask Bacheva to do something, the answer is, it's never no. It's just, you know, when can I be there? How much? Or how it's much done time already. Can I give? Yes, exactly. And, and, and before you even realize, oh, there it is. So uh, really a most, most deserving honor. And it's uh, fantastic for our school to recognize them and all of our honorees. I see Ms. Finkelstein here also, Mazel Tov. Uh, great job. Oh, that's right. Ms. Finkelstein being honored that night on the 5th of June, Mazel Tov. Uh, and I'm told that, uh, is it Mrs. Finkelstein that has, oh, the pre-K has a gift. I can't follow here the, my instructions. I apologize. <laughs> but I thank Mark Zombeck for keeping me on my toes. The pre-K is here, the pre-K of Kushner. And I am told that they have a gift for us, for me. And that is, is this Mishloch Manos? <laughs> what is your first name? What is it? Ariella, thank you. Ariella is representing this amazing group of pre-K students who have just brought us Mishloch Manos for the upcoming holiday of Purim. How do you like that surprise, Rabbi Klibanoff? It uh, looks like a healthy breakfast to me. <laughs> Apple ju- applesauce, pretzels, and raisins. Well, they got the raisins um, They got in all there, the major least. food groups here, so I'm, I'm covered. I'm good. <laughs> thank you very, very much for joining us. Thank you so much, and thank you for coming to our community. Great to be and here. for everything that you do for Klal Yisrael. Thank you. Uh, I, I say this often. I can never say it enough that I'm the rabbi of one shul, but you're the rabbi of Klal Yisrael. <laughs> thank so, you. So wow. uh, really, uh, thank you for everything. Thank you very, very Chag much. Chag you. Chag Enjoy Purim. Ms. Debbie Finkelstein is the principal of the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy. It is a pleasure to welcome you to JMDAM. Which one are we using, the red one? There we go. Thank you. It is an honor to be here, a big fan. I love Thank listening you. to you. Thank you very much. And uh, congratulations on the big honor coming up June the 5th. Thank you. How long have you been here at the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy? That's a great question. And this is my 18th year here at Kushner. 18 years? Hi. Um, and what could you tell us about what's unique about the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy? You get to deal with, uh, with the children who are in uh, nursery through fifth grade, right? On through eighth. A, through eighth grade on a regular basis. And interact with them and see uh, how, ama- how amazingly they progress. What is different and unique about this school in the K-8 department? K-8, I think you'll hear the same theme over and over again is our sense of family here at Kushner, a sense of community, and our connection to Torah values, and, and across the board that we are constantly exploring opportunities, and our values are making a difference in the lives every single day. Do you think that um, you would join me in reminding parents that now in 2019 they have to be more than ever focused on their child's education? In my day, 
<laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if it's fair to say this about my parents, but I think there was more of a lackadaisical attitude when it came to parental involvement. These days, it could only benefit the child if the parents are more and more involved, correct? I think we're very, very fortunate here at the Kushner community that our parents are very involved. We really have such a strong partnership uh, on a daily basis between our families, parents, and our uh, teachers, and it's such a warm partnership. And of 100% the parents need to be very, very involved and aware of everything that's going on in school and at home. What's Purim like this week here in school, aside from the d delicious mishloch manos that was delivered earlier? <laughs> well, as, as you can see, we have a festive uh, outfits every day. It's a different uh, attire, both going on in high school and in the lower school and the middle school. And we have a big carnival, so it's a very joyous time. It's a great week to be here, I can tell you that much. I have a feeling, though, any week here would seem festive to a visitor like me. But Purim week is something extra special. We hear that all the time. Our prospective parents that come on tours, they walk in the building and they're like, wow, how do you create this sense of enjoyment? The kids are really, really happy, and it's something that we're super proud of. Yeah, as difficult as Jewish education has gotten, it seems that here at least you have the kids who want to be here, which is you know half the battle. We think so. We hope so. It certainly seems that way. Ms. Debbie Finkelstein is principal of the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And for welcoming us here. Fan. Welcoming us here to Kushner. I want to thank our friends at Aaron's in West Orange, New Jersey, and remind everybody uh, that uh, all through this uh, period of time between Purim and Pesach, uh, those who use the uh, Aaron's uh, reward card um, are um, going to every time you shop with the Kushner reward card 4% between Purim and Pesach 4% of the um, uh, purchase is going to go back to the Kushner schools that's 4% courtesy of Aaron's in West Orange, New Jersey keep that in mind and uh, get ready to support Kushner simply by going shopping which is pretty amazing all part of the Aaron's West Orange Kushner loyalty program. Lauren Shapiro is here. Hi, nice hi. to reunite with you in this forum. <laughs> How are you? Oh, it's good to see you. A, a lady with one of the most difficult jobs on planet Earth, in my opinion. She's director of development <laughs> of one of the greatest Jewish institutions Everyone out there. Everyone says that. But, uh, At least we recognize <laughs> it, right? Thank God for that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, uh, I hear that a lot when people ask what I do, but uh, I don't see it as uh, as um, so much of a, a difficult job. I think people are really uh, very proud of our school and very happy to get involved, to engage, and to join us in, in our mission. And I think that when you, when you look at it from that perspective, I think there's a lot of people out there who want to be part of uh, what we're doing. It's important. They get it. And uh, getting them on board is it's just, I think they're, they're actually really excited to have the opportunity to participate in philanthropy and in, in you know being an engaged uh, stakeholder in the school. So well, I agree with you on all that, but the reason I say difficult is because these days, even the most generous people are pulled in a million different directions, mm -hmm. and to motivate them to support basic Jewish education, basic in, in quotation marks, of course, we know how enhanced Jewish education is here, but you get my point, mm -hmm. is it, sometimes difficult. And I know that, um, you know, I, I have seen, 
from my vantage point, you run a few projects, <laughs> and I think you've done amazing at them. So, so, so hence I say a difficult job, but one that you are doing very well at. Well, By the way, I noticed you. that you're holding the invitation, or at least the announcement, for the big dinner coming I up am. on the 5th of June. I am. I wanted to make sure you had seen it. Uh, I guess you already had. Yeah, we've been wishing a milestone <laughs> to all the honorees, and uh, especially you know that Bacheva and Murray Halpern are, are, are so uh, important to us and uh, have been amazing friends of this network for quite a while and you're going to be recognizing them on the 5th of June. We are. And what's uh, going to be a great celebration, I'm this, sure. This is, um, the annual dinner is a big part of our annual campaign. Uh, it's uh, the biggest event that we do and raises the biggest amount of funding for our school for, for the year. Uh, Batsheva and Murray are the guests of honor. We have a wonderful uh, lineup of honorees. We're honoring Debbie Finkelstein, well, we who just you spoke just spoke with. Um, and we're also honoring uh, Francine and Carrie Teifel and uh, Sarah and Michael Diamond. And it's really, it's, these are, I think the, the breadth of the lineup really demonstrates the deep bench we have of people who engage and support the school. Um, Batshev and Murray, as you know, have been chairs of the Atit Society sure. for 11 years. Uh, bringing millions and millions and millions of dollars into the school and really supporting Jewish education in such an incredible way in our community. Um, and you were asking before about, you know, how it, it is hard and to get people to get involved, but there are, we are very blessed in this community. We have an incredible group of people who are very committed to not just to Jewish education, but to Jewish education here in our school and in. Uh, this community and uh, and as you know as somebody who was part of uh, the school going back a few years mm -hmm. um, Too many years ago. <laughs> there have been people who are who have made sure that that the Jewish children in this area uh, Have the opportunity to to have that kind of Jewish education. How many years have you been with uh, Kushner? So I've been here. This is my fifth year as development director But I've been a parent in the school for a little bit longer. I was a board member before this so I came, I actually had a whole nother career before this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we owe you a thank you because um, you've made sure, and I know that you would give the credit to others as well, and I'm sure they deserve it, but you are one of the people who's made sure to really focus on the rich history of this institution. Mm -hmm. It's all over the place when you walk through these halls, right when you walk into the school building. And to have my father's name and the names of so many people that I remember as a youngster, I could go through every name on that board with you right now and tell you <laughs> which ones I sat next to in shul as a little kid and which ones were influential, uh, both as, uh, as male and female leaders of the community. Um, it, it, it's just it's wonderful to know that the people here recognize that there were so many efforts made and so many sacrifices made to get to this point. Well, we are incredibly proud of the rich history of the school. Uh, you know, it goes back to the early 1940s, uh, right. to Newark. Um, and it's a rich part of the Jewish history in New Jersey. Right, this whole area. Yeah, it really is. And your father was uh, such an important part of that. Um, you know, really played an incredibly uh, long-time role in the school, shaping uh, where we are today. And, you know, I think... Part of development, I always, I always say you have to stop and pause every now and then and take a look at where you are and how you got there before you can really appreciate where you're going in the future or, or really envision what the future should look like. So I think it, I think it was very important that we stopped this year and we just uh, dedicated our atrium uh, to the founders of the school. And your father is, uh, of course, of blessed memory, is one of those uh, important people who played a role in making sure that we have the school we have today and that children like mine have been the lucky beneficiaries of that. I also want to make a special shout out on that point to Jerry Gottesman. Oh, yeah. 
uh, who um, uh, I worked talk about with, giants. Talking about giants in our community here in Metro West. Yep. Uh, Paul and Jerry, as as you probably know, have been incredible supporters of Jewish education here in our school. Um, we have a long history going back with Jerry's father, uh, who was uh, probably your, you knew your father very well, and I knew him. <laughs> and um, and Jerry's brother was a, a, a student at our school, and I think Jerry had. I, I spent a lot of time working with Jerry uh, before he passed. Uh, and he, he was really very focused on making sure that we recognize the rich history of our school. And when we offered him uh, an opportunity to name something in our school uh, because of the incredible uh, amount of support that he and Paula have given, uh, he, he didn't hesitate and he wanted to make sure that we didn't, it wasn't about him, it was about recognizing all the people who had really gone before him and who had helped shape him and, and the Jewish community here in Metro West. It was such a beautiful thing. I feel very, very privileged to have had the opportunity to work with Jerry on that before he died. And I continue to work with Paula on making sure that we, um, we, we give honor to that legacy, which I think is a really, really meaningful one. And I think the more that people appreciate where we came from, um, and when you look at the school today, and if you talk to people who were involved in the school over the last 70-odd years, <laughs> we really have come a long way, and the kind of education that our kids are getting today, is it's just gotten better and better, and we're very, very privileged and fortunate. When you speak to Paula, if you could let her know we were here, I think she'd be, yeah. I think she'd get a thrill out of that, uh, knowing sure. that we were here this morning. Um, and by the way, as you, you talk about taking a pause, as, as these, as these I assume nursery or kindergarten children were walking by a moment ago. I almost asked you to stop just to see the fruits of your labor because I'm sure that also goes through your mind. Yeah. And every time you run a program and every time you get more and more support and people involved, you get to fund the education of these amazing little kids. It is, you know, it, it, there are so many moments um, and, and it doesn't, it, almost every day there's a moment where I take a deep breath and I really do look around and think that all the hard work and all the, the sweat uh, and, and the perspiration <laughs> and aggravation. That people the, like me give you. <laughs> no, but all, all the things that you work so hard to do, um, you know, there's a moment every day where you really, really, really feel that it was all worth it and that you are making a difference. You know, in life, all we want is to make a little bit of a difference every day, somehow leave the world a better place. And I think that when we... When we, when we take a look at uh, kids dancing at a Shabbat assembly and singing, and when I look at what goes on in the high school at, you know, I see the, the videos from our Shabbaton, because I don't go on the Shabbatons because <laughs> my kids are there. <laughs> um, but I, and I see the, the, the amount of spirit at, at our games, and I see what our kids are getting out of athletic programs and APAC and um, every rich program, and the, the way the Jewish calendar uh, is part of my, our children's lives. This is so meaningful to us, and, and as a, I, I look at what I see the kids getting on a daily basis, and I really do feel that we can't possibly do enough, and thank God there are people in our community who really, really believe in that, too. So. Good to be surrounded by people like that, huh? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Lauren, are. I am glad we had an opportunity to have this discussion. 
Absolutely. I my really pleasure. appreciate always it. Always good to see you, Nachum. And thank you so much for always giving uh, our school a shout out. We're a very pleasure. lucky to have you as a friend of uh, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School. Appreciate that. Lauren Shapiro, Director of Development here at the Kushner Schools. Thank you again. And I want to remind our listeners we are going to be going past 9 o'clock, way past, okay. as we continue with a special bonus hour from our Kushner Schools here in um, uh, Livingston, New Jersey. All right, I am told that even though I said we won't get to it till tomorrow, thank goodness, because of our crack team, we are able to get to the brand new Y Stud single right now. So the brand new Y Stud single that's going to be uh, released later today is on for the first time ever on JM in the AM. Da, da, da.
JM in the AM. It is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NahumSingle.com, on the NahumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Uh, I want to thank everybody here at the uh, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School. We have the opportunity to go all the way until 10 o'clock Eastern Time this morning here at JMN, which is always a treat. It's Purim week, so we are celebrating here at Kushner. Uh, we've witnessed great costumes, a wonderful festive atmosphere, which is only going to get more and more as we get closer and closer toward the end of the week. Obviously, tomorrow is Tanit Esther. On Thursday, it's the holiday of Purim, and there will be school on Friday, <laughs> Shushan Purim, with the big celebration here. Uh, at the Kushner schools, uh, and we, of course, will be on the air all through the week. Uh, Purim, Shushan Purim, always for you um, every morning at JM in the AM. Well, we have two special guests who are in our mobile studio here at the Kushner schools. We'll start with Rabbi Sharbat. Rabbi Sharbat is the spiritual leader of the Sephardic congregation. Would that be the, uh, the appropriate way of saying it? Congregation of Asachim and A. Jacob and David in West Orange, New Jersey, with the great Rabbi Zwickler, of course. Uh, Rabbi Shabbat is here. Good morning. And Rabbi Shabbat, we should mention, (laughs) while we're in Kushner, we should mention Rabbi Shabbat is, in fact, an instructor of Judaic studies here at Kushner. Teaching what grades, Rabbi? Teach middle school and high school, 7th through 12th grade. 7th through 12th? Middle school and high school. Talk about the most challenging (laughs) grades, my gosh. And the uh, chairman of the Jewish Unity Initiative, who is the past president of the Kushner Schools. One of the past presidents. One of the past presidents. Well, of course, they've had many presidents. One of the past presidents of the Kushner School and... Um, and an amazing friend of the Nahum Siegel Network, Simon Jacob, is here in our mobile studio in Livingston, New Jersey, here at JM in the AM. Boker Tov. And what's funny about this, and I think some of our listeners get it, yeah. is that generally now you're in Israel. Oh, but ironically, absolutely. because of a turn of events, this week you happen to be here in the United States, and we get to yep. do this together, which is so nice. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem is right. You told me something off the air last week, which I found fascinating, especially someone like myself who has a history with this school. Uh-oh. You remember yeah. when it was decided that this can no longer be a school that goes through eighth grade, that the community, the need of the community, needs us to expand to include ninth through twelfth grade. Essentially, you remember the day that the Kushner High School idea came about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I was a little bit involved. Um, there were many, many people involved at that time, and there were many, uh, many, many people who had gotten tired of uh, driving on the Garden State Parkway north uh, to take their kids to uh, schools in Bergen County or driving south to take their kids to Elizabeth. Right. And um, we, it, was, it was really uh, a, a wonderful decision. Um, I had a son who was in the first graduating class of, uh, of, the high of the high school that's cool and then went on to be an instructor here and then ended up moving to Eretz Yisrael um, my son Rabbi, Rabbi Shimshon Jacob sure um, one of the things that's so special here and you get it as soon as you walk through the front door of, uh, of the Hebrew Academy uh, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy is you see uh, we're, we're actually poet, poised here in front of the Beit Knesset. Right. Um, unfortunately, the glass of the Beit Knesset also reflects all the sounds. So it's a little <laughs> bit of an echo, you know, it's a little bit of echoing and what have you going on here. But uh, on one side is the library, and on the other side is the Beit Knesset. So it was physically a uh, representation of Toromada, 
So it was really very uh, strong, a strong theme that this was uh, a modern <coughs> Orthodox um, yeshiva and the Yeshiva High School as well, so Baruch Hashem. Yeah, they've, really cer they've certainly answered the call to, for that mission, that's for yeah. sure. Uh, both Simon and Rabbi Shabbat could address the following. Uh, Rabbi Shabbat, we'll start with you. It is, a, a community is so different when there's a high school, right? A community is just different. It's, it's upgraded, it's viewed differently. There's, there's even, the, even on non-school days, even on Shabbat, the community feels different when there's an educational institution like this around. Absolutely. I mean, the students, um, they go to the communities for Shabbat. Uh, right. the, many of the teachers who live in the different communities host the students. Uh, last week, there was an 11th grade Shabbaton. The week before that, a 10th grade Shabbaton in different right. communities. Um, it's so special to have the high school um, as it's a K through 12 education. Uh, and uh, parents don't have to think, okay, where are we going after eighth grade? Where are my kids going to go? The challenges of getting into schools, it, it's, it's not like that here. It's like really you feel the progression all the way from a child who walks through the doors at the age of four or five and then leaves the doors at the age of 18, the full gamut. And it's so special, like a family that just continues to move on in every simcha, at every life, life cycle event, at every stage of their life. The school is is the center of their life. You know, Simon, in a way, it's like, okay, community, now you've made it because you have a high school. Like, now you're a real community because you basically now have everything that you need to be a community. It was a huge step. It was a very huge step uh, to do it. Um, we couldn't have done it without, uh, uh, without the Kushner family and, the, and this incredible building. Uh, the space really gave us an opportunity to be able to uh, build out the high school. And uh, it's just been just been an in incredible uh, journey. Yeah, for those who um, don't realize it, it's all in the same building, but you never know it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's all here on one campus, but you do feel the difference between the elementary school and so, the high school. So the high school's been here for quite a while now. Yeah. Um, the thing is that they have like mirror image gyms mm -hmm. on either side, one for um, the elementary and one for the high school. The only thing that changes is the logo on the floor. Right. And unless you look, I remember before they put those logos, um, I used to get confused where I was in the building. I'm still confused. You know, I, I, I get lost. To, I used to get confused. So, um, but it was, it's, there's so many families from so many parts of the community. I remember the Steins dedicated the auditorium mm. here. Uh, it was, that was a project that we thought was going to be later. Down and the road. I remember, and I remember when we actually, when the building was being constructed, and I walked through a door by mistake, and all of a sudden in front of me was this huge auditorium, and I, it brought me to tears, to be quite honest, because I, I just, I couldn't believe it. So um, it was just, it, there's so many people who have put their hearts and souls, the, the clats for so many years, ran bazaars for us, and... And, and there's just so many families. I, I just can't tell you all of the families that were involved. And I know I've mentioned a few, um, but you can't anywhere. It's a uh, long list. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge list. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm an old timer. You know, I'm an old guy. I don't even, I, you know, I know some of the younger couples. Uh, but it's really, really special. You and Barry were honored at the most recent dinner last, last year, the 70th anniversary, with her by Kirsch, by the way, ironically right. enough, right. who's, of course, right. with us right here. Uh, and that list of people who support this institution, I remember seeing it at the dinner, is, is quite impressive, to yeah, say the least. Really so, and a lot of historic names, as you said. Rabbi Sharbat, is it difficult teaching high school these days? You know, I love every moment that I'm here. 
the students are so energetic. Uh, they're, they're excited. There's, there's a sense of, of just feeling happy in the building. Um, it's challenging going from 7th all the way to 12th. I can imagine. <laughs> that could be hard, but it's, it's unbelievable. You know, part of being a rabbi in the community, um, I enjoy watching I enjoy watching them grow. Um, you know, I've been to s- some of their uh, bar mitzvot, and now they're graduating high school, and it's, it's, it's so unbelievable to watch. What I was alluding to, however, is that these days, mm-hmm. it's not easy being a teenager. Uh, no, it is and not. And there are a lot of challenges, and there are a lot of distractions, and there's a lot of very difficult uh, you know, things to, to, to maneuver. Yeah, there are, and uh, the school here is at the forefront. They, they try to, to see what... what the issues the teenagers have all across America, not just obviously in the Jewish world. And they address them. And they on. address them. Uh, they speak to parents about it. They speak to the students about it. The teachers know about it. Um, it's it's something that that they they understand the struggles. Uh, but even Shabbat has even Shabbat has Absolutely. become a totally different yeah. type of challenge. There's been a lot of it. articles about it yeah. in the, the Jewish newspapers. Uh, we're aware of it, and we're here to support them and to help the students through that journey in high school. Um, you know, I could just remember back when I was a high school student, and anyone could think of when they were high school students. You know, their their minds think differently, and they're developing over right. time. And we're here to guide them and to support them and to be there for them through that through through those crucial. Well, if you're moments. enjoying the experience, it means Absolutely. that that there's some good stuff going on. I mean, <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> you know? I love it. Absolutely. If you don't dread walking in here, then it must be amazing. I love spontaneous and dancing and being with the students. <laughs> I love watching their sports games. This is great. This is great. Are you feeling the Purim atmosphere here this week? Oh, my goodness. Oof. It's like every theme you could think of between the high school and the lower school and the middle school. I mean, you can't go wrong. You got anything you want. Will Simon be dressed in a costume tomorrow night in your synagogue, I yes or no? So, Simon What happens generally? Uh, he absolutely. absolutely. Do you? And you'll, yeah, you'll have every, something every, that... I hope for a Iraqi flavor. flavor. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There'll be a Middle Eastern, North a, African, yes, sometime. Yes, I'm going to be wearing a jalabia and, uh, <laughs> and um, some sort of a big uh, fancy kippah. We'll see. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that brings up, you know, you're really kind of the, um, the, the person who runs the Svartic program within yes. Kushner as well. So he and bridges. One of the, he bridges right. that, and it's, um, it's very special to note uh, we have both, you know, a huge Ashkenazi population and a growing Sephardi population. Oh, yes. So it's it's especially for having the Beit Knesset in West Orange, the Sephardi Beit Knesset in West Orange, having a local school that gets you through school and you know lower school and high middle school and high school, having a Sephardic flavor is very, very important to yeah, people. We, we so. have Sephardic Minyan. Um, we offer Sephardic Halakha. I'm there for the Sephardic students. But it's, what's amazing is that I have so many Ashkenazic students who join the Minyan and who love the tefillah. They love the nigunim. They love the music. Uh, I just see a student of mine walking by who z- joins the Sephardic Minyan, and he's not Sephardic. And he joins it and loves it. But it, it gives them a, a, an exposure that when they go to different communities, they they're accustomed. They know what's going on. They don't walk in, you know, confused. Right. What's happening here? What is this? <laughs> what, why funny. is the Torah standing up like that? And we already <laughs> teach it from a very why young age. The preschoolers. Standing? We have programs for there where we show them the difference between Ashkenazic and Sephardic Sifrei Torah and the differences between the two. And it gives them a sense of pride for the Sephardic students. But it also it's a very important um, 
tool for this for all of the students to 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 be educated and to really know more than just what happens in their own schools. And it's a huge element for the West Orange community as well, having the Beit Knesset there and having a school that you can send your kids to. So it it's uh, it it's is. really special. And I know that kids take great pride when they're able to make that crossover to other Nusraot because my own son the other day came home <laughs> and said to me with great pride, "You'll never believe it. I did Hagba on a Sephardi uh, Sefer Torah, <laughs> which is not easy, right? It's not easy." That's a measure of a strong teenager. <laughs> <laughs> not easy. So he was happy that he yeah. knew how to do it. I wouldn't have known at the age of 13 how to, how to, how to behave exactly. in a Sephardic synagogue. How to do it, which and is so important. Course, right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I thank both of you very much. Rabbi Shabbat, continued success. Do we say Simchat Purim? What do we say in the Sephardic tradition? What is it? Purim Sameach. Chag Purim Sameach. Simon, I thank you for everything. Thank you, Nachum. It's a pleasure to have you here. It's amazing that it ended up that fate or Hakadosh Baruch Hu made sure we'd be here today together. Yeah, there's no coincidences. So that Baruch Thank you for everything you do for all of Am Yisrael. I appreciate that very, very much. Mr. Gary Berger is here. Mr. Gary Berger is the head of student life. That sounds like a very complicated category, to say the least. It certainly is a, a difficult category, but it, it encompasses a lot because it also encompasses uh, student guidance and uh, as well as all of the wonderful programming that we have here at the school. It also, before I officially welcome you, it says that you're uh, the director of Battle of the Bands. I know, so I, I'm not the director. That would be <laughs> that would be Logan Sigmund is the director of Battle of the Bands, but it falls under my uh, right. it falls under my department. And we we have with us some students, some Battle of the Bands uh, students today. We have Nate Savitz, who's on the Battle of the Bands committee. We also have David Wolkoff, who should be here any second, who is just finishing up davening, and he will uh, also be talking about Battle of the Bands, which is a program we had last week. Do you play an instrument? I do not play an instrument. <laughs> but you still have to supervise I Battle wish, of the Bands. I wish I did. I actually emceed it, though. So nice. I was lucky enough to be the MC. I'm not as good as you. I'm not going to lie, but I'm, uh, I make a pretty decent MC. Baruch <laughs> Hashem. Um, you know, it's funny. Every time we come across during these types of shows, eighth graders, especially in the month of March, we're talking about, you know, how they're coasting to the end of the year. And every time we sit down with 12th graders, which we did earlier today, oh, it's also going through my mind how they're basically, you know, enjoying the time of their life before, in the first case, they get to the very serious ninth grade, and before, in the second case, where they get to the very serious either Israel program or college life, right? Now, when you say guidance, does that include these transitions? Does it include college guidance and things like that? Sure. We, look, we, work, uh, we work very closely with all of our students. I actually get to chair a, a, a committee. In, in addition to all the programming we do for our students here in college guidance, one passion that I have personally is, is college guidance for Jewish students on the kind of the oh the I've greater, heard this about you yeah, yeah. On, you're on like a consultant level. on these issues so I right. I started an organization uh, called Kaju right where it's counselors working in, to advocate for Jewish the Jewish university experience and I fly uh, I fly around the country and, and get to speak with high schools and I have meetings throughout the country with different Jewish day schools and we meet even locally here in the tri-state area we meet about once every five weeks all of the counselors and we get an opportunity to really discuss college guidance how it affects our students who just have such a a specific niche that they need they really need to find a college that is not only appropriate for them academically and challenging academically but could also help when it comes to having a kosher kitchen and uh, uh, Shabbos, all of those uh, Jewish aspects right. of college life. 
Gary Berger's here, so you're the guy to ask. I mean, what is your impression of campus life for Jewish students around this country? I know that's a very general question. I know that campuses are different and certain things you'd likely recommend for certain students and other things you would not. But, you know, you've seen this now over a period of many years. Is there a general statement you can make about college life for Jews in America? I do believe that we are in a very good place when it comes to college life for Jews in America. This is a time, even over the past seven years, where so many schools have picked up an interest in getting kosher meal programs. So University of Delaware just added, University really? of Florida is adding. And one of the, one of the amazing um, points here, when, when we see large state schools doing this, they're, they're making a, a, an overall statement, which is having Jews on our campus is important and attracting Jews that specifically are interested in keeping kosher is important. So why would that be important? It's important because what they've learned is those students, it's actually, it's twofold. What they've learned is those students do very well on the college campus. And even more so, when they add up the numbers, those students actually give back to the college campus when they leave in some form of another, either it's volunteerism or even in charities. So right. It's become a very interesting, uh, it's really become an interesting approach to guidance. So because of that, the number of schools has grown tremendously. And Hart Levine, I'm sure you know sure. Rabbi, Rabbi Levine, has worked so hard on this. And the OU with the JLIC yeah. program is expanding. And, and everything that's happening right now, it's just a good time to be a, a high school student looking for a college in America because it wasn't like when I was a, a student or even when you were a student when our choices were really limited. Sure. Gary Berger's here talking about, uh, he's the head of student life here at the Kushner schools talking about college campuses. I mean, you've, you've revealed something to us, to me, and, and therefore to the audience, something that's very important, and that is that we have to keep in mind that as difficult as Jewish life can be for Jews on campus, uh, you're generally dealing with administrations, as you just indicated, that would prefer you be on that campus. So if there is a BDS problem, uh, some type of, uh, I don't know, you know, incidents that happen, discomfort for a student, remember you're speaking to administration based on what you just told us that likely wants you there and wants to try to solve this as soon as possible. And I think that's a very important point. That is correct. By the way, UC Irvine had an issue a number correct. of years ago, and I immediately responded with a letter from our organization, and, and they actually they paid to fly me out. They flew me out, and they specifically wanted to show me Apartheid Week on their campus, right? Wow. Because they wanted to show me what it looks like in the media, what, what we're seeing. And what it's really. And what it's really like. And it was very interesting to me. What, what I learned in that moment, and, and I've known it even with what happens in Israel in the media, is what is published to make it look so much more intense and exciting is not really what is there. For example, at UC Irvine, they specifically pick a location on campus so students are allowed to have apartheid week. They're allowed to build the walls, and they're allowed to do all sorts of, of kind of, let's call them uh, shtick, shtick <laughs> yeah. that would go along with that. But they have to do it at parking lot C5, right? So any other student on campus that wants to avoid it just knows easily can don't go to parking lot right. C5. Right. So it's not like they're but when the media picks it you, up. 
Yeah. It's as if it was in the center of the campus. Exactly. Very good. They I make love it look that. Like it's in the I love cafeteria. It. All right, who's with us? Who's with us, Gary? Who are these amazing students so we, that have joined we have, us? We have some. Actually, David, why don't you introduce David Wolkoff was was the chair of the of the of the Battle of the Band. So, David, introduce are your, you a twelfth grader? Your members. Um, yeah, I'm David Wolkoff. I'm a twelfth grader here. Very nice, and uh, member of the Ray Christian Yeshiva High School Student Council. Correct. Yes. See that my staff knows president. Oh, President of yes. President yeah. of Congratulations, Mr. President. Thank you. Second half of the senior year, huh? Yeah. Nothing like it. It's, it's pretty much um, still, still working. Is that still true? Hard. Yeah. Gary, should I take him seriously? Yeah, says we, we, seriously? We actually, we, we're very serious with our seniors. They really have to work. It's not like the, Even uh, in the second half? Even in the second half. We really push them hard. Wow. Nice Especially to hear. With, uh, APs and all that. Wow. Are you taking any APs? Uh, yeah, two APs. That, well, then that's the proof is in the pudding then. He's obviously very busy with real academics. All right. I'm glad you said that. I'm sure people who are uh, parents who pay tuition out there are glad to hear that four <laughs> years' worth of tuition is so. actually going to a good purpose. Baruch Hashem. All right. Tell me about the uh, Battle of the Bands. Okay. So many years ago, someone started a Battle of the Bands in the school. Yeah. Um, and it's an event where people from all different yeshiva high schools can come show off their talents, and um, compete in a, an event. How many schools were here? We had 10 bands. Um, they vary from school to school. Some have, like, some are One from or the two. same school. Right. You know, some are mixed schools. My band was Kushner and another school. Oh, cool. Um, the, the event um, raises money for different, various organizations that help children, so... This um, past year, we did it. Um, we raised money for an event uh, for an organization, No Kid Hungry, which um, gives money to uh, kids who are hungry. Right. I think it's every ten dollars gives a hundred meals, so that that was really good. Very cool. What instrument do you play? I play the drums. Now I thought these days that kids are so focused on iPhones and video games, they have no time to pursue the stuff that really takes a long time to perfect like playing an instrument am i am i right that a lot of your colleagues would not put in the same time commitment to play the drums like you do i mean i, there, I actually have a lot of friends who do play instruments really? a lot of singers interesting um but maybe you're right to some extent right. but there's also a lot of music you can now do with the technology right that's true i know a lot of people who are actually making songs now on their computers and, it's, and they're doing things for a lot cheaper than they would have done in like studios and so like composing songs and yeah. things like that uh nate uh, what's nate's last name savitz nate savitz is here also 12th grade no i'm a freshman oh you're a freshman here speaking yeah. to the mic um what so was your first impression of kushner when you got here in ninth grade huh um well i actually attended kushner since uh since little back kid in the day from uh, <laughs> kindergarten onwards there you go um so it was kind of it was a great transition in between from the eighth grade to uh, RQIHS, the high school. You were familiar with the other side of the building already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had an older <laughs> sister who graduated ah. in 2016, um, so I kind of knew what was going on. I uh, actually, my sister, a couple years ago, said, oh, she was going to Battle of the Bands. So that was something interesting to me. I said, oh, I'll come along. Why not? So um, my sister had a couple friends who also had siblings my age, so we all went together, and it was kind of like this eye-opening experience to see all these other uh, schools and all these other um, like teams of people coming together to celebrate music, to celebrate Dude Stuck and all this stuff, uh, which I thought was really cool. So I went back the last three years or whatever it was um, until I was approached um, to join the committee. Um, really cool stuff. What we do um, 
it's a great way not only for like to give tzedakah, but it's a great way for um, it's kind of like I don't know a scene you would say um, <laughs> that people come together, they can listen to great music for a good cause, uh, have a lot of fun, and so it's a great night. Um, what instrument do you play? I actually do not play an instrument. You're a singer. So that's something. Um, no, 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 I don't. I'm not into music whatsoever. But you're into the scene. But it's really um, a great environment for for anyone who can come. So on our, our committee, not everyone plays an instrument or anything. Right. But it's all about um, being able to set up an event, run stuff like that, run smoothly. Um, so really, anyone can come. Anyone can do anything with this committee. Very cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, David, go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, we had a very large committee. There's a, a lot of roles that take place, whether it's, like, designing apparel or, you know, we have Abigail here. She was on our um, social media team. She ran this, uh, She helped run the social media team. She did a very excellent job. Um, there's a lot of dealing with the finances and speaking with the charities and speaking with the bands. We have our band liaison who speaks with the bands, you know, gets them to pay their fee, uh, gets their songs, you know. Um, these, uh, you really have to push for a lot of those things, you know. It takes a lot of work, and the students do a great job on the committee. It's unbelievable how so much of this has become organized. So much of it has become a, sort of like a corporate entity. The way he's describing it, it's just it's amazing what students are doing these days. Abigail Rosenfeld, you mentioned she's here. Abigail, good morning Hi. to you. Oh, sorry about that. Good morning to you. Hi. How are you? Good. How how, how is the social media department, the Battle of the Bands, doing? It's great, as you said. Not everyone on the committee. Um, plays an instrument, but everyone really finds a job that they're interested in, and then throughout the year, this really is a year-long process leading up to Battle of the Bands, wow. and everyone gets interested in whatever interests them, and then follows that up to the event. So people the first day of school are looking for the Battle of the Bands committee, they want to join, and they want to be part of it all year round? Yeah, I mean, I was approached by David and joined the committee, but it really was an eye-opening experience to see all that goes into planning the night of Battle of the Bands. It's not only just one night, but really the whole year planning right. up to it, getting ready. And you take care of social media. Were there any controversial tweets in this year's Battle of the Bands? Tell me. No, we primarily focus on Instagram. Oh. And any controversial Instagram posts? Not really, but <laughs> we definitely try to spread it amongst like the Yeshiva world to get everyone out there in Battle of the Bands. Very nice. Well, congratulations to all of you. What a great project. I love it. And Gary, uh, you know, we hear a lot, as you know, especially in the, in the seat that I sit in, we hear a lot about sports and a lot about JV and varsity. But we come here today and we hear about Bible contests and Torah Bowl and Battle of the Bands and committees and, and APAC and committees and projects that kids are involved with and taking it very seriously. Literally, what sounds to us like they set up some type of, not just a spreadsheet, but a whole, um, a, a whole um, you know, system of supervision to get these projects done, which is really cool. Yeah, we take our student activities very seriously, yeah. and, and student life, we really want to be owned by the students, and it's so important. You're going to hear later on from more students who have, hand, have, have been chairing other types of committees that also uh, are within the Student Life Department. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nachum. And always, happy Purim. Thank you so much. Very Glad festive atmosphere. You Purim and listeners. Gary Berger, everybody. Nice speaking with him about high school and college. Uh, knows a lot about what's going on in the college campuses around town. Dr. Steven Stein is here. Dr. Steven Stein is likely somebody I would not have had much to do with when I was in high school. He is the chair of the science department. 
Don't take that the wrong way, please. <laughs> we would we would have fixed that. You think so? I know. So. A student who does not have an affinity towards science or a love and appreciation for it, you could deal with that student. We would have given it to you. Wow. So that's what we the, would have taken it out because it's might, already there. That might be the difference between my era and this era today. I think so. Because you, I would bet, after having known you now for five seconds, yes. you, I would bet, would take that on as a challenge and would say, you know what, we have a, we have a group of students who are not as inclined to these types of studies, we're going to work with them and make them really enjoy it. You so. would be my project. <laughs> it would be an exclusive. Huh? How long have you been at Kushner? Uh, on and off for a long time, but full-time or regularly about five years. What makes its Six science years. department different? What makes it uh, shine here in so, Livingston, New Jersey? So we're looking to engage students really where they are, and our approach is to have a, a program which is learning science by doing science. So we put the science into their hands, not so much rote memorization and, and just getting it from the book, but having them do real science. You're going to hear from some of our students who are doing real research, finding new things. Nothing that they're doing is canned. It's real, and it becomes exciting, creative, and... I think, takes on a life of its own and really stimulates them. And these are the types things. of things that all of us can relate to? Like I believe so. They're doing everyday stuff. Everyday stuff. That has science behind Questions it. Questions that come up in your mind, they're finding answers to. Interesting. All right, yeah. so who can we start with? Why don't you help me along here? And uh, who do we start? You know, maybe, so we, maybe we should use the, the mic that actually reaches over there. Here we go. Got okay. you. Who do we start with? So I have students from ninth grade to 12th grade, and nice. we try to engage them really across all of the years. And they pick up projects that they can work on year after year after year, and then hand it off to the next set of students who are going to continue the work as real science is done. So I have first up is Danielle Shapiro, who's hey, Danielle. a 12th grader, and she'll, I'll turn it over to So her. you've been doing this now, what you're about to describe this, you've been doing it for four years? Uh, so I've been part of the STEM curriculum, STEM program at Kushner for four years, but my individual project that I'm working on this year, I began at the end of last year. Okay, so and what is it? If you could so share it with us. It's actually funny. The way it started was I stumbled upon this BuzzFeed article. We, we, need, to, we need a better microphone, I think. Go so ahead. I'm sorry. I stumbled upon this BuzzFeed ar article saying that elephants only need two hours of sleep. And as a Yeshiva Day School senior, going <laughs> to colleges and all that stuff, I kind of thought, wow, how do I attain that? So I was immediately captivated. Your goal was to work on 22 hours awake and two hours of sleep. <laughs> Not exactly, but something along those lines. So I was just curious. Why do humans needs seven to nine hours right. why do cats need 16 hours what biologically is there that makes humans need more than other animals right. so i went to dr stein and i said i want to look more into sleep and he said of course let's do it and i think that speaks to the kushner stem program as a whole because if i say i want to look into something like elephant sleep cycles or human sleep cycles dr stein says let's do it like so now i'm looking into the cryptochrome 2 gene which is a sleeper gene and i'm going to be looking i'm doing different things in the gene to isolate it and look into it on more in depth. Now, what does that mean, isolated gene? What does that mean? Can Let you explain, can you explain it to us? So I have to make primers, which essentially target where in the gene I'm going to be looking. And I'm going to do different processes so that I can get the gene to exactly how I want to be able to view it into kind of a reading frame. And I can look into exactly the nucleotide sequence and really look at it at an in-depth view of what I want to see and compare that to previous research or future research. I think I understood 30% of that. Okay, Not so bad. Not a bad start for me. So let me just bring it yeah. uh, a little more forward. 
So we're actually isolating human DNA, and we can fish out. You could out. do that in a high school lab. We are doing it in our high school lab. Um, and we're able to isolate a particular gene that we're looking for and analyze it in a deep way, looking at the very specific letters that make up the DNA in that gene. And, and this leads to discoveries about sleep? It, it does. And in fact, this is within a category with the, that was the subject of a Nobel Prize just two years ago, which has to do with circadian rhythm uh, genes and that sort of thing. So it's actually not just about elephants or about why yeshiva students don't get enough sleep, <laughs> right. um, but it really addresses a fundamental human problem, and we have high school students working on that really at the forefront of the field. Unbelievable. Incredible. All right, who else do we have here? So we have a 10th grader, Adam Hollander. Hello. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you. What are you working on these days in the science department? Uh, well, this year I started working on a cane for the blind that uses like different sensors to help them analyze their surroundings better. Holy cow. So these sensors are attached to the cane. Yeah, so um, I'm 3D printing a cane and then I'm going to attach different ultrasonic sensors onto it. That'll then transfer data. Well, why would you have to do that? Why can't you just use a cane and, and attach sensors to it? Why would, normal, why would you have to print one out? Normal white canes, like, you know, the ones that you see that tap, yeah. they um, aren't that accurate, and they usually take longer for them to, like, analyze their surroundings. Like, it takes long for them to, you know, it, um, walk down the street. It take, it's more intensive to do that. My job is to, or my goal is to make it easier for them and make it more um, intuitive. All right, so you need a better cane for the blind. That's number one, right? Yeah. You have to print out, as you described it, a better cane. And then these sensors will be attached, and you'll try as accurately as possible to portray the surroundings for that blind person. Yes, and we're also adding, like, I'm also adding a facial recognition feature so that if, you pr if they would press a button on the cane, it'll, based on, like, a database stored in the cane, it'll tell them who is in front of them. Unbelievable. Or, or I assume if anything's in front of them, right? That would be well, even more important. Yeah, well, that would be the job of the, the right. ultrasonic oh, the sensors, sensor, and then right. the person would be, yeah. So what do you think when you hear something like this, Doctor? So it's very exciting, and I think Adam is bringing, and his team, and we have them work in teams, is bringing uh, a variety of different technologies together in a new way, which is really the idea here. They need to identify a problem in the world and not just theoretically come up with a solution for it, but actually do it. Practically come up with a solution. Unbelievable. All right, who's next? We have Maurice Korish, another 10th grader working in the engineering program. Good morning, sir. Good morning. What Good are you working on these days? So I'm working on a another facial recognition project, actually. So the way, so the, the problem that we actually uh, discovered was, so there are many people nowadays who are unable to feed themselves due to various disabilities. Um, whether they might have a muscle dystrophy or uh, another type of disability that prevents them from eating by themselves. So most likely they use... Uh, they they had use, a stroke or something. Right, or right, exactly. Or most likely they use a human uh, assistant to feed them. Right. So, but this could be very expensive. Um, so we're using uh, facial recognition technology uh, along with a robotic arm <laughs> that tracks the user's mouth. Uh, this, it's, it's, on a live, uh, it's on a live video camera. Um, it tracks the user's mouth. Um, and so then, the robot can feed the exactly, person. Exactly, and then the robot feeds the person, and uh, we need to uh, use some three-dimensional analysis uh, in order to be able to find the coordinates. So we also are using a different type of ultrasonic sensor that can find the distance. And yeah, We're with the students of Dr. Steven Stein, chairman of the science department at the 
at the uh, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School, and we are discovering some amazing things. That one blew me away, frankly. <laughs> okay, it's very <laughs> exciting. Uh, we have Rebecca Arian, who's a ninth grader, beginning in our program doing independent research, which I should mention is part of uh, a program that we've started uh, in this past year, which is called the Scientific Re Research Training Institute, which dedicates time and resources to train students in how to do oh, real cool. science. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What are you working on these days? So, sorry. Um, so I'm working. I'm working with a um, cystic fibrosis. So it's a genetic disease. Um, it's chronic and degenerative, and it results in a progressive loss of function in the lungs and other organs. And so there's currently no cure. There are 1,700 known mutations of this one gene known as CFTR, but there's no cure. So what I'm working on doing is isolating, amplifying, and then eventually repairing one of the mutations um, called Delta F508. <clears throat> and so eventually the goal is to repair this using um, genetic engineering, um, a tool known as CRISPR. Wow, yeah. So while I'm doing this, others in the research project will be studying HeLa cells, which is an, the first, world's first immortal cell line. And eventually what they'll try and do, um, and what I'll try and do once I finish my portion of the research project, um, is to insert these repaired cells into HeLa cells and bioprint um, a new healthy set of lungs. Um, for cystic fibrosis patients with these cells. I mean, I assume there are people in this country now working on a cure for CF, correct? They are, and they're taking So where does she fit into this whole so puzzle? We're, we're, as Rebecca said, there are more than 1,700 different mutations right. that affect different individuals. And we're taking an approach that the frontline researchers are doing. We're in sync with them, but we're taking it a step further, putting it into cells, and as Rebecca said, the idea is ultimately you could repair a patient's own cells and regenerate. We, another group is building a bioprinter. We could regenerate a lung right. that would not be rejected because it's the own person's lung. And Rebecca has a particular personal connection to this story. Because? Um, well, my sister, my oldest sister. I don't know why. That, go ahead. Use the other one. Yeah, thank you. The other uh, one? My oldest sister, she has cystic fibrosis. She had it, I should say. Um, when she was 22, she received a double lung transplant. Um, she's doing great. She actually turned 30 yesterday. Wow. That's all tough. <laughs> Thank you. But um, this project could change her life and the lives of so many other cystic fibrosis patients. Um, if this project worked, then this would eliminate organ rejection in transplants. Um, there would be no need for second transplants, right. no need for immune suppressants. And following their transplant... Um, Recipients would go on and live a full, healthy life without limitations. Unbelievable. And I assume before the transplant, she was on many medications and probably a th many yeah. treatments and therapies and just to keep her going, right? Yeah. Unbelievable. Wow. Thank you. Great and a, work. And a graduate of this institute. And a graduate yeah. of this school. And finally, Dr. Stein, who do we have with us? We have an 11th grader, also in our uh, research program, Abigail Klein. Hi. How are you, Abigail? I'm great. How are you? And I ask you the same question. What are you working on these days in the science department? So my project actually started over the summer. I attended a program called the Waxman Student Scholar Program. And in that program, I was working with a plant called duckweed, 
and I isolated a gene from that plant, and then I sequenced it. So it was a new gene that hasn't been discovered before, and then I found out by doing some analysis on the computer that that gene is, the similar sequence of that gene in humans codes for cisplatin resistance. Cisplatin is a type of cancer treatment. So what's actually happening is that when people um, unfortunately have cancer and then are undergoing treatment, sometimes their body rejects certain types of treatment. So that is one of the genes that codes for people to reject that type of cancer treatment. So my project is to make um, a test that will probably end up being a blood test that will allow people to figure out if they have that gene so that they won't have to undergo therapy that won't eventually work. When one discovers a gene, is that a big deal in the scientific world or not? It's always a big deal. So we publish this information, so students are publishing. They're really, they're not just acting like scientists. They are scientists, and they're doing real stuff, and it drives them to understand the underlying principles in a much deeper way. So anytime you're ready to hit the lab, we'll get you a lab coat, and uh, we'll put you to work. I mean, they're doing stuff that, you know, in it, my day, real scientists were barely doing. They, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> Which is quite a difference. I would so. guess, actually that your department may be the, the largest vast difference in terms of the last 20, 30 years, right? I would guess that that would be the, who else could say that things are that different and that students can you know, behave in this manner in the classroom more than your department? So I have to, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank Rabbi Rubin for really having the vision and the, the confidence and the faith to kind of really go out on a limb and let kids do what they wouldn't have been doing uh, years ago. And the reality is, they're much more capable, they're much more able, and they're much more excited uh, by having that. Does it matter that there may be somebody else in this country working on the same robotic arm to feed somebody with facial recognition, or it doesn't matter? No, I think that's validating. And in fact, uh, just yesterday, we found a group not working on the robotic arm, but working on the cane. Right. And they're doing it differently. We're doing it better, I hope. <laughs> but but it's, it's validating and shows that we're on the, on the right path. I thank all of you. Dr. Stein, thank you very much. A thank real you. pleasure. And I, th and pleasure. I, and I commend you all of you for the incredible work that you're doing. Just unbelievable. How inspiring, to say the least. How inspiring. JM and the AM. As we continue here on a Tuesday morning visit to the Kushner Schools, it's the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School here in Livingston, New Jersey. Fascinating discussions, and as I said earlier, when we're in studio, we hear a lot about varsity and junior varsity. When we're here, we get to hear about APAC and science and all these amazing programs that are going on uh, at the Kushner School um, here in Livingston, New Jersey. Ms. Ruth Gigiovanni. Well done. Oh, that was all done. Thank you. I'm doing well in pronunciations this morning. Uh, Director of Early Education and Lower School Instruction here at the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. How long have you been here? This is my 14th year. I actually taught some what? of those high school students. Yeah. Did they did they exhibit at that time some real tremendous acumen? Or? They were special then. I'm not surprised where they are now. <laughs> but it is always very fun when you're at a school that's nursery to 12th grade that you can see them grow and see where, where they go in high school and still be a part of it and still see them in the hallway. By high school, they start waving to you again, which is nice. In middle school, they ignore you. <laughs> I'll never forget someone said to me once, about a Torah giant, I'm jealous of the teacher who taught them Aleph Bet. Because since then, everything that they've learned, obviously, is based on that foundation. When they don't say hi, I try to say, don't you remember? I taught you how to read in first grade. <laughs> exactly. That's, that my, that's my point. Yeah. Exactly. 
Uh, so that must give you tremendous satisfaction, so knowing nice. that this foundation of what we just saw a moment ago mm-hmm. is starting with you and your staff. It is nice. People say to me, you know, you're here so long. What keeps you driven to stay here? And it's, it's because of this, the culture of our school, that we keep pushing children forward and we don't stay stagnant but reflective about our practice. I believe in the mission of the school, and the school follows through on that. So just to see them now and who they are is is an amazing opportunity. By the way, you know, and you can appreciate this, the highlight of these shows when we visit a school, mm-hmm. and today was no exception, is when those little kids walk in. Oh, <laughs> that is like, I mean, getting gifts for them was a big <laughs> bonus. But just that they walk in and walk by, and right. we're having these interesting discussions about development and about mm-hmm. Rabbi Rubin speaking to us. And at the same time, the kindergartners are walking by, and I'm saying to myself, this is what it's all about. This is what they're all working right. for. It's amazing. It's, it's funny. It's it's so measurable in early childhood. You can really see that growth and change, even month to month. They become different people and individuals. But then when you hear them in high school also, it's, it's, it's all relative. Right. Right? And I think it's... It's important to be reflective about what three-year-olds need, what 10-year-olds need, what 17-year-olds need. And in one day, I have a conversation with a nursery teacher about them using the bathroom. And in the same conversation, a fourth-grade teacher about their literacy group. Right. And both conversations are equally important because it's what they're focusing on at that age. And this is something that Rabbi Rubin emphasized with us when he spoke to us earlier. And that is that there, as hard as it is for someone like myself an outsider to sometimes believe this, and I may, you know, I may need more discussion either to really internalize it, uh, what's happening in the preschool is really uh, affiliated with what's going on in fourth grade, and it's affiliated with what's going on in the high Absolutely. school, and it's all Absolutely. one big effort to make sure that you know what they need in high school, the foundation's being laid all the way back in pre-K. I think it's philosophically where our school lies, that right. we believe in differentiating our instruction. So whether that is differentiating where a child is social-emotionally, where they are with their language development, where they are with their building independence, where they are academically, we're reaching where children are where they are, helping them make measurable gains. But not everyone's going to have the same journey. But everyone has a scope and sequence of aspects we want them to aspire to. Right. And that's just as important for two-and-a-half and, and three-year-olds that they're making gains, that the process in their classroom has value, and they're building independence and responsibility and a sense of community as much as we would for our fourth graders to be the leaders of the lower school and have that opportunity to be leaders in other classes, to be the role models for the younger ones, right? In each age, there's aspects that we're looking for, not only academically, but about who they are social-emotionally. And that travels through throughout the whole school through high school, which is why it's such a unique building. Speaking with Ms. Ruth DiGiovanni, Director of Early Education and Lower School Instruction here at Kushner, are little kids these days great multitaskers? Or that's just <laughs> a, an impression that we old people have, that they're better multitaskers than, than the ones 15, 20 years ago? Everyone needs scaffolding in their own way, (laughs) and everyone has their own journey. And you're right. Some are amazing at listening and playing at the same time, but children are children, right? They still need the same skill sets and development, and it's up to us to look and help. But aren't you amazed at the the ones that are really good on the iPad and things like that, or... Or that's just second nature now for the kids? I think it's second nature. I think it's how they're raised and what their exposure is. But I think our job is to make sure they can still talk to each other and learn how to play and learn how to cooperate. And that although they're developing this other technological skill, it doesn't replace the social skills that we still need to develop. And that's really imperative. Does technology replace blocks and crayons or not? Not for us. Really? Not for us. you got plenty of balance of both. It's a critical piece of our early childhood that they are still working collaboratively 
and they're learning how to communicate with one another more so than learning how to use technology because that's happening at other places and it's not essential for the mm. development right now. Including at home. Right. And it's, it's not part of what we are driving towards. Certainly in understanding how do I use a mouse, how can I look at a keyboard, but and I don't think this happens anywhere in our building that technology is replacing instruction, but it's used to enhance. Right. And for early childhood, that is purposely more minimal. Early childhood teacher has to be more concerned about being up to date, about you know going back to school themselves for, for courses and instruction and certain things these days or not? I think that a part of our culture of the school is that we continually push ourselves professionally and we look at where children are and how can we support them in the classroom, what our interests are. But still for us, it's almost as if we have to work harder to teach them how to engage mm. with one another socially, right. um, to be more responsible for their belongings. That seems to be your number one concern, that the social interaction go the way it should in those that's early where, years. That's, that's what that, it's all about. That's where it happens. And right. I think even more so, as our climate of parents are also changing and we're all more busy, right? What's easier for me right. to teach you how to put your lunch bag in your folder away or just to do it for you? Right. right. So then what do we have children at school? Is that cleaning up and being responsible for your belongings? It's that much more for us to teach and help facilitate that skill. These are skills. This is not assumed knowledge. Right. Right. Talking, making <laughs> eye contact, up somewhere right, else. listening to each other. This isn't just naturally happening. These are skills that we've developed over time, and it's up to us to help facilitate that. A pleasure meeting you. I'm sure nice you have an amazing staff. Thank you. They're phenomenal. I can imagine. Amazing educators. And how many students under your... Uh, uh, we have about 90 early childhood students in lower amazing. school, maybe around 270. Very cool. Yeah, thank you so much. Ms. Ruth Giovanni, thank you very much thank for joining you. us here this morning at JM in the AM. Or by Aaron Strulovitz rather, is here. He is the assistant principal at the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, and he is dressed for the holiday of Purim. Well, it's an exciting time of year. you got to get in the spirit. It is an exciting time of year. Yeah. And, I'm, and people think I may be kidding around or issuing some hyperbole when I say this is a great week to visit a school, but you hear, you feel the difference, right? There's, it's always a festive atmosphere here, Absolutely. but you feel the difference in Purim week. Yeah, you really do. I mean, the truth is when kids grow up and they start to think about what are the things that they remember back from school, the foundational pieces, the, the math skills, the literacy skills, all those things that they pick up, those come and they don't value those in the same way as those moments they remember when they put on that tie-dye shirt Correct. or they got to wear that great costume on that special Or when day. their principal put on the tie-dye yeah, shirt. That may be the case as well. We try to go a little over the top. Um, tell, me what, uh, tell me what's happening here at Kushner. It's a, it, it seems to be this amazing environment with so many things converging you yeah. know, for every student at once. Describe it from your vantage point. Yeah, well, I think one of the things that's so amazing is we really are a community school. And I think that what is so unique about living in this part of New Jersey is that we pull from so many different synagogues and so many different communities where they come from their own backgrounds and their own values and they come to, to our school here together and as a group we form our own community and so we're always looking to in addition to supporting the communities that we have in the area also really trying to create our own unique JKHA community as well which is uh, both exciting and it has its challenges as well that we really try to work through. But I never considered what you just said and we didn't uh, hear it all morning long and that is that because of the varied backgrounds and different synagogues and experiences that mm -hmm. the kids have 
they're all coming together to create a JKHA community that really is pulling from so many different sources. Yeah, it's absolutely nice. true. And I think one of the challenges that we face is, you know, when we're trying to put together classes or thinking about social dynamic, there's always these questions we have to consider, like, who are you going to play with on Shabbat? Because your best friends in the classroom may not necessarily be the people you're going to see and helping to facilitate things as simple as birthday parties and play dates and things like that. You right. want to make sure that the social experience carries, you know, the whole week through. Rabbi Aaron Strolovitz is with us, JKHA assistant principal. So, so now the leap from lower to middle school is fourth to fifth grade. Am That's I right? Correct. Okay. Is there... Now, you have to remember, I come from an experience where elementary school is elementary school. There was no difference, middle, lower, et cetera. Sure. Is there a marked difference? Is, there, is it a much different educational experience? How would you describe when that student goes from fourth to fifth, what that transition's like? Sure, absolutely. So in fourth grade... And through, the, uh, through all of our lower school classrooms until fourth grade, that's where we kind of have that traditional memory of having a mora, right. having somebody who for half the day is going to teach you everything from how to read Hebrew, how to daven, engaging in parshat shavu and all those different things. And then the other half of the day, having another teacher who's going to walk you through science and social right. studies and th those experiences as well. The transition to middle school is when we're removed from these teachers who are teaching with generalized information to specialized ones, which means that they're going to go through the bell periods and they're going to have kind of the more traditional experiences that I think we as adults remember more from school. Sure. You know, hearing the bell ring, <laughs> going from place to place. And we really felt that it was important to start that experience in fifth grade. I know many schools start that experience in sixth. Right, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, and we, we feel that there's an important transitional experience that needs to take place. So our fifth grade model is very much a hybrid where a lot of the elements of lower school still continue into fifth grade, but we also start to bring them the specialized academic experience. So they will still be able to have kind of a homeroom where they don't get a locker yet. They have a cubby. It's kind of feeling grounded in a space in the same way. We do a lot more kind of academic handholding. And you think those things through. Oh, we try to. Whether I, it should be a locker or a cubby. Oh, absolutely. That's I, I amazing. Think, I think it's really critical because we want to onboard them. They feel so mature. I have to tell you, coming into fifth grade, they think they're the, you know, they're, <laughs> they're quite old. They're very experienced. And then to, to transition into that where we're really able to kind of hold their hands. They're still getting out at the same time as the younger students. Right. So their days not longer, right. but we're able to um, we're able to really talk with them about how to grow yourself as a more independent student, but with the handholding here in the school and with a lot of communication still going home to parents, and then at that point they're really ready for the sixth grade experience, ready to be fully immersed. Amazing, I'll tell you, I never thought that such a science went into <laughs> how to develop a transition, and it seems like once you make that transition, their whole day is about transitions, going from uh, class to class to absolutely. class. Absolutely. <laughs> so one of the things I love that we do here is that in the beginning of the year, the fifth grade students start in their own place, they'll start in their own classroom and they'll stay there and the teachers come to them at a certain point uh, in the year, and we actually change it every year. When we think that the grade as a whole is ready to make a transition, we actually switch it up for them and start to move them to their teachers' classrooms, kind of the more classic middle school model, where we say, you guys are ready to roll. Let's do this. And then we'll start to send them to the classrooms. So we, we really do try to make every single element yeah. thoughtful and transition and make it different for every year's group. I love it. Or by Aaron Strulovitz, who's ready for Purim. You what are you it. dressing up as on Friday? Do you know yet? Oh, it's a surprise for the it kids. It is a surprise. I don't All know right. if I can release it. But it'll be, it'll be significant. It will be significant. It will be in theme. We're trying to... Uh, put it in theme with some other people in the building to uh, be mm. exciting for the kids to figure out. All right. Yeah. So. We'll have our spies here to see it. <laughs> Rabbi Aaron Strulowitz, JKHA Assistant Principal. Tadaraba. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. me have this a morning. Uh, we're at Kushner, everybody. We're at the Kushner Schools, and I'm told that some of the students here at Kushner are going to help wrap things up this morning at JM in the AM. Not before I say thank you to a variety of people. Rabbi Kirsch, a big uh, round of applause for you. I don't know where Rabbi Kirsch is. But Rabbi Kirsch really helped us put together this show, and I thank him. Mark Zamek, our producer this morning. 
one challenge after another when we work together, it seems, even after 35 years. So I thank you, Mark. I thank Yoni Pollock, of course, our chief engineer. I thank Avrami, who was, uh, always has an important role every time we're on the road, but never as important as this morning, and I thank him. Of course, a big thank you to Miriam Al-Wallach, and a big thank you to the um, uh, chief engineer of the Nahum Siegel Network, ZK. To Moshe Mermelstein, a big thank you. That's uh, Max Nadina's uh, son. Sorry about that, but to us, that's how we have to refer to you. And, um, uh, of course, as I said earlier, uh, to the Jacob and Halpern families, a very, very big thank you. This is something that all of us that I mentioned have dreamed about, coming to Kushner one morning and doing this. And during this week of Purim, we finally had this opportunity this morning. And I thank everybody who was involved and made it possible. All right. Um, the list of students who was with me is... Is right here. Thank you. We're talking about Lexi Berger and Buzzy Brickman, correct? Yes. Yeah. These are sophomore student leaders who recently, from what we're told, launched a website that has transformed student activities to a new level. Lexi and Buzzy, welcome to JM and the AM. Thank, Thank you. you. Can't remember the last time we had a guest on JM and the AM named Buzzy, but it's a pleasure <laughs> to welcome you. Uh, first of all, before we talk about this website, how is life at Kushner these days? Are you enjoying school? Yeah, I enjoy it a lot. It's a good school. What grade are you in? 10th <laughs> grade. Oh, 10th grade, as we said, 10th grade. And um, based on the last three hours that we've been sitting here, it seems to be a very vibrant, energetic, festive atmosphere. Do you get that on a daily basis? Definitely. I think there's a lot of ways that you can show like who you are and express yourself. In many different departments, right? Yeah. Buzzy, you agree with that? I 100% I agree with that. Nothing I mean, controversial about what Lexi said? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Are you also enjoying your 10th grade experience? I mean, I love it here at Kushner. It's, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Seriously? Yeah, Good it's answer. great. How long have you guys been in the, in the Kushner family? Lower school. Since oh, you, lower school, yeah. Oh, so you're, you're here many years, of course. It, what, what's it like, by the way, 8th to ninth grade? You know, it's the same building, but it's not. It's not what, what do you – give me it, – it, it, a lot of people in this audience, they themselves or they have children who have literally gone from 8th grade to a different school. You know, to a different place, a different community, you know, to go to high school. What's it like when you're, when you're here all these years? I mean, I, it's, it's a great transition because I'm already in the building and I know all, a lot of the teachers that are in the high school because, I mean, I've had siblings that gone here. So it was a very easy transition. I like the transition, more independence and more, like, opportunities at high school that I like here. I'd say we're very lucky to not have to leave and go to a different school. Cool. All we're doing is just going to a different side of the building, which nice. makes it a lot easier. All right, Lexi and Buzzy, we've been told about this uh, website. Who's going to take us through the, uh, this development? Lexi, what can you tell us about this website that you developed? I, I'm, I'm amazed that there are people splitting genes and analyzing you know, sensors in this school, which we picked up from the science conversation. What's happening with the website? Well, in our school, we have a lot of different schedules for each day because, like I said before, there's a lot of ways to express yourself at different opportunities to just like know who you are and so we have a lot of programs throughout the week and the schedules switch a lot so we wanted to come up with a way to make it a lot easier for kids to know what's going to happen and all the announcements so programs meetings special right, events exactly. all this has to be incorporated into what like a one-stop shop that type of exactly thing? and also i mean a lot of activities happen in the school that not everyone knows about and then they can go on the website and see all these different activities that are available and if they want to let's say join a club like homelessness and awareness or the blood drive committee, they know about it now through the website, and they can join it and talk to teachers and figure out what's going on in the school. All right, so what is it about your background that allowed you to create this you know, pinpoint website? 
I mean, I would like technology. I like the science department, so I was very good at coding and web development and stuff like that. So I decided to just take a weekend and design the website with Lexi, and we pushed it out, and it was a success. All right, and, and now the challenge is to keep on top of it every day, right? Right. That must be hard. We have First of all, you need the administration night. to tell you what's happening in school. That's true. They email us um, a list of everything that we need to put on the website, and we do it every night. How do you know that there's students who are using it? Are you getting a lot of feedback? I mean, yeah, I can see through analytics uh, and stuff how many people go on it, and we have an average of 300 kids a day that go on it. Nice. Kids but also students. people come up to us in school thanking us for the website, telling us that they use it every day. So now you've set the bar very high for future years. Yes. Right? <laughs> gonna some students are going to have to make sure to keep this up. Um, what was I going to ask you? So that's it. So now you have a, uh, a, a central place, has everything that's, uh, that the school's involved with and all different programs. Uh, all there for people to see. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Is this something, should I assume, is only open to students? Nobody on the outside could infiltrate that website, could they? I mean, everyone can view it, but the only people that can update it are Lexi and I. And also oh, so teacher. I could get a perspective on, on all the activities right. here by going yeah, to the website? Yeah, exactly. We, should we give out the address? That if people sure. want to see what's happening sure, in Kushner? Yeah. What it's is the address? R-K-Y-H-S Simple as that. Exactly. Because it's the Kushner buzz. Exactly. That's being exposed and analyzed and being pushed out to the public yes. through yes. that website. Uh, nice meeting both of you. Lexi you. Berger, have you chosen your perm costumes yet? Do you know what you'll be uh, dressed up as on the Friday? you have any idea? No. You haven't no. thought about it? I mean, I'll be in Israel, so. I Are you know. going to Israel? Yeah. Enjoy. Thank you. And uh, we thank both of you, Lexi Berger and Buzzy Brickman, and happy Purim to you. Thank you. you. Too. Thank All right. You. There you go, folks. A lot of amazing and incredible students. A lot of wonderful people that we met today here at the Kushner Schools in Livingston, New Jersey. Uh, I thanked um, our team earlier for all the uh, hard work and making sure that we were able to be heard this morning and heard loudly and clearly. I also want to take this opportunity to thank Rabbi Rubin and all of his uh, staff and faculty, administration, etc., uh, for being so welcoming, getting us in here very early this morning and making sure that we could broadcast from the Kushner Schools to the uh, greater Jewish world. Uh, and we learned a lot here this morning, speaking of school and, and learning. We learned a lot here this morning because, as I said, there are, there are opportunities that we have when we're in studio to find out and to discuss what different schools are doing in our community and why they're so effective and why they're producing such great leaders. But only when you come here to a school like this do you get to hear in-depth conversations on topics like APAC and science and special programs and Torah Bowls and Chidon uh, Tanakh, and so many things that are so vital to the development of our students in our community. Uh, and um, hearing all that and seeing it firsthand and hearing it firsthand from the students is really a remarkable thing. I do want to thank Aaron's in West Orange, New Jersey. Uh, in thanks to the Kushner families uh, who enjoy the Aaron's West Orange Kushner loyalty program for every purchase that you make between Purim and Pesach at Aaron's of West Orange, Kushner and the Kushner Schools will get 4% back on all purchases when using your Kushner loyalty card. And I know that we were given special gifts from Aaron's for our audience, which I hope we will use. I apologize we weren't able to get them today, uh, but Be'ezrat Hashem, we will use them. I also want to take this opportunity to wish a mazel tov to all the honorees of the 71st annual dinner, which has been announced for the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School. Uh, the dinner will um, uh, feature uh, Sarah and Michael Diamond as Young Leadership Awardees, Francine and Carrie uh, Teifel as Netzach Yisrael honorees, Debbie Finkelstein, who we spoke to earlier, Distinguished Leadership Award, and Batsheva and Murray Halpern 
our wonderful friends. They will be recognized as guests of honor on the 5th of June at the Factory 220 in Passaic, New Jersey. For information about the Kushner Schools and being in touch with them about the dinner coming up in June, it's uh, slevinson at jkha.org, slevinson at jkha.org. And we wish all of them a very special Mazel Tov. And again, my thanks uh, to both Mark Zamek and Yoni Pollock for all the work here, and to uh, Avrami and ZK and Miriam Alwalik for all the work behind the scenes and making sure that today's show uh, was broadcast to the greater Jewish world. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. And that wraps up our show from Kushner, wishing everybody a wonderful Purim week and a reminder that tomorrow is Tanis Esther, a fast day. Then we go into Thursday Purim and, of course, Shushan Purim. We're here at Kushner. It's going to be an even more festive atmosphere with their big carnival and Purim costume celebration. I want to thank all the great people that we met here today at the Kushner schools and, uh, again, thank the uh, Jacob and Halpern families uh, for helping us be a part of this wonderful educational experience. An educational experience which is to be admired in terms of what goes on at Kushner every single day and an educational experience for us for learning about what happens here every day during the year 2019. It's simply remarkable. Uh, Thank you very much for tuning in. Tomorrow we're back starting at 6 a.m. And I hope you'll be tuned in on a Tanis Esther morning. Have a wonderful Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. (laughs) 